0: I hate the fact that it's cool to be black these days. Good. I hate this hip-hop fucking influence on white fucking
1: suburbia. Good. And I hate Tabitha Soren and all her Zionist MTV
2: fucking pigs telling us we should get along. Save the rhetorical bullshit, Hillary Rodham
0: Clinton, because it ain't gonna fucking happen.
2: Open our eyes. Every night, thousands yeah. of these parasites stream across the border. So there are two yeah. million illegal immigrants bedding down it's in this state tonight. A joke. $400 million just to lock up a bunch of illegal immigrant criminals? There's nothing funny going on here. This is about your life and mine. statue of liberty it says give me your tired you're hungry you're poor well it's americans who are tired and hungry and poor and i say until you take care of that close the fucking book I I don't see anybody doing anything about it and he fucking pisses me off. This isn't our fucking neighborhood, it's a battlefield. something about it? Hell oh, yeah! It's oh, yeah. yeah. goddamn right.
3: What's up, family? How's everyone doing tonight? Thank you all very much for tuning in to another episode of the motherfucking Eagles Nest. It's your boy John Fashcroft. I hope everybody's having a great week. Had a great weekend and is excited for motherfucking Christmas, guys. It's Christmas time. I fucking love this this, this particular holiday. I I don't know. I, I go back and forth between uh Christmas and Halloween. I really enjoy Halloween too. I like the uh the festivities of Halloween. Uh I like going on like fucking haunted hay rides and, you know, I like uh, the decorations and shit for Halloween. But uh, I like Christmas for a lot of the same reasons, right? The festivity of it. There's always all kinds of cool shit to do. And it seems like everybody's a little bit nicer <laughs> around Christmas time. But God bless you all, man. Thank you all very much for being here. What's up? They call me Perp. What's up, family? How you doing? Gumbo Waffin, What's up, Bubba? White Shadow. What's up, brother? Cali Soapco, What's up, family? How you doing? Uh, Weather Mauser, what's up, fam? Or Walt, I'm sorry, Weather Walther Mauser, what's up, family? How are you doing? Lady Mulnor, what's up, sis? Dandelion, what's up, bub? Boopa, what's up, brother? Flockus Merlin, hey, what's up, buddy? How are you doing? Good to see you around. Gibbs Bananas, what's up, brother? Uh, Nick says, Hell fast Hell Akila, Hell to you, brother. How are you doing, man? Nog Rejector, Hell to you, brother. He says, Hell fashion Hell Chat. Uh, Appalachian Thunder, what's up, bub? Buckets, what's up, bottomless bucket? How are you doing, brother? Uh, lady, do did I say what's up to you? Yeah, what's up, sis? Let me make sure I got you Uh, chef, what's up, family? Flack 88, what's up, bub? Johnny Erwick Eric, 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 <laughs> Johnny Eric. What's up, brother? I'm not clowning on your name It's just I'm retarded And I have trouble pronouncing shit like that So, yeah, what's up, brother? Thank you for being here Yeah, uh, it doesn't surprise me That two million people probably did cross the border today Doesn't surprise me a bit Uh, yeah I'm all for fucking motion-activated uh, motion, uh, <laughs> motion activated turrets on the border. Uh, who else we got here? Gibbs Bananas, what's up, brother? I think that gets us to the top. Boo to the Shebru, absolutely. Let's get us down here. Boris, what's up, brother? White Power, what's up, bub? We Knows, what's up, family? Wallums, what's up, bub? Uh, Pedal Fast, what's up, brother? I think we got everybody our texas what's up brother open road what's up family hail to you our texas bounded by god sunshine confederate scott what's up family uh oh shit thank you very much to Alex. hey alex what's up brother hope you're doing well he says thank you for the advice john had a job interview today and got good feedback forklift driver in a metal fabrication plant focused around producing farming equipment this job requires drug testing in a couple of months, but I will be clean of THC and the bottles being put down. That's great to fucking hear, brother. That is great to fucking hear, man. Uh, like I was saying when we were talking in our DMs, man, I'm no teetotaler, right? I'm not here to be a fucking uh, uh, a party pooper and, and shit on everybody's good time. But, you know, in life we have to know... Uh, you know, there's an ebb and a flow to everything, right? A give and a take. Uh, what's the old saying? Uh, everything in moderation, including moderation, right? Um, we have to be able to recognize when we're at a low point, right? And when you're at a low point, you can't afford any other distractions, right? When when it's when you need to fix yourself, uh, drugs, alcohol, partying, and all of the people involved in drugs, alcohol, and partying are, are, are you're, if you if you surround yourself with those things, you'll never be able to build yourself back up. So, you know, it's not bad to to go out and, and, uh, you know, cut loose every now and again. Fuck, this whole weekend, I cut loose. You know, I never fucking drink. Very rarely. I don't want to say never because it's actually not true. Very, very fucking rarely do I drink. But uh, I got smashed fucking drunk this whole weekend. Uh, Went out to a company party on Friday and then went to a family Christmas event out on a ranch. uh, Saturday. Smashed drunk. Both nights. Uh, And I probably won't drink again until, like, fucking New Year's, if I even drink then, right? Uh, I just, you know, uh, I got shit to do, you know what I mean? I can't be all fucked up on drugs and drunk and partying and shit all the time. I got a life to live, I got a family to take care of. And you can never have those things, and you can never build toward those things while you've got uh, drugs and partying on the mind. Because, you know, when you're involved in that shit, when drugs and partying are uh, your social life, it's really hard to get out of that. Right, Because that means you have to create a whole entire new social life So it's tough man And congratulations I'm glad uh, you're working toward that man And we'll always be here to help you out man As best we can So God bless you brother I'm glad to hear it Uh, Falcon what's up brother He says George Bailey nationalism Merry Christmas I feel ashamed But I have to be honest brother Falcon I don't know who George Bailey is (laughs) I'm probably a piece of shit for that But I just don't know who he is Oh, and there he is. You you guys didn't hear him, but there he is. Brother Akilah, how are you, Bob?
4: I'm very well, my friend. Just uh, throwing out It's a Wonderful Life.
3: But Akilah, I thought It's a Wonderful Life was a communist propaganda show that we're supposed to hate.
4: <laughs> it is. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, I've actually never watched that. I have no idea what the fucking movie's about. I just didn't that the one where the kid gets busted in the eye with the fucking BB gun. Oh,
4: uh, that's... uh. Fuck, that one's funny, too. He sticks his tongue on the fucking fence
3: there. Isn't that the same one?
4: No, George Bailey is the one where he uh, goes back. You know, he, he's sad because, like, no one likes him at Christmas or some shit like this, and then he, like, wonders what, what the world would be like without him, you know? Or he wants to kill himself or some shit. And then, like, the ghost of Christmas past or something shows him, like, what the world would be like without him and proves to him that he's an important guy, you know? No, that's
3: so the like, movie Scrooge with Bill Murray, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about the movie Scrooge with Bill Murray right? <laughs>
4: Also a classic uh,
3: No, I guess I don't know what the fuck It's a Wonderful Life is So what's the fucking movie I'm talking about With the tongue on the pole and the eye and the BB gun in the eye What's that? Which movie is that?
4: No, I can't remember the name of this man
3: A Christmas wow. Story fuck A Christmas story. there you Thank go Thank you, okay So I guess I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life I guess I have no idea what the fuck that is
4: well, I think you're okay, man. What's the name of the actor? Very famous actor from always, back then.
3: Hey, I was always real thrown off by that, too. I was like, how is the story about the kid with the tongue on the on the cold pole and the BB gun a communist? What's communist about? <laughs> What's going on here? What don't I... <laughs> I was like, what am I missing here? Like, where's the metaphor that I'm not fucking picking up on? It seems like an innocent fucking kids movie to me, man.
4: No, it's a very individualistic, you know, um, what's the name of the fucking actor? She was so popular back then. Tom Hanks is like the new version of this guy. Everybody loved him, you know, anyways, wholesome fucking dickhead.
3: codex says, is the, is the, uh, snowman slinging poi. No, but that would be way fucking cool if we did have a clan snowman with a rebel flag swinging poi. Maybe I should do that. Maybe we'll get a good snow this year, and I'll be able to do that, huh? <laughs> Let's go. Oh uh,
4: man! Rachel, greetings to the chat. I didn't get that in.
3: i oh, it. You know make
4: what? sure stay consistent.
3: Let me do something real quick. I forget. There it is. Snet TV. I forget that we're over there. FNAT TV. What's up, family? I forget y'all are over there. Now we've got her up and live. Uh, Amy. Mr. Flannel, Danish Warrior. What's up, guys? How are y'all doing over there? All right. Danish Warrior, we'll what's up? down. Boom. Right on. Yeah, uh, so did you have a good weekend, brother? I had a great fucking weekend, man. I had all kinds of shit going on.
4: Uh, it was amazing, bro. Honestly, amazing. Um, Saturday wasn't as eventful, but Sunday, um, my son turned eight, so I had the crew come through. You know, uh, I, I haven't been able to really have my kids, like, Anyways, without getting too much into my personal life, like uh, I have my kids very rarely. Um, And uh, so my daughter is very attached to her mother and and different things. So she even she was so young when we broke up that she's like has a little trouble coming to see me for long periods of time and stuff. So I'm, uh, I'm getting my son very often, but we don't my family doesn't live here. So it's often just me and him um whereas you know when he's at home he's got he's really well surrounded by family and stuff so um my crew all came through all the boys came through the gym brought their kids um and we had like a really cozy like family kind of christmas vibe birthday party for my son um my girlfriend got a new kitten over the weekend so the kitten was here my son loves cats loves it loves the kitten so got him an xbox um so it's his first video game. He earned it from his good behavior, coming here, lifting weights and stuff. So, uh, yeah, dude, like, honestly, like, it just, it was amazing. Like, it meant the world. The boys came through for me, um, and it meant a lot to my son, you know. Like, even before I got him his Xbox, he was saying that was his best birthday ever and stuff. So, you know, our our our, our crews are our families, you know, and, like, 100%. guys are struggling. Yeah, yeah, that's it, man. Our, uh, guys are struggling with having, um, you know, no social life. if. You know, booze like in 2.1.0 po- uh it used to really be that you know everybody was drinking hard you know and and that that's the thing that like a lot of this like old skins and stuff got really wrapped up in um and stuff so like the new you know i, I really feel like 3.0 kind of rounds out a lot of the issues that 1.0 and 2.0 had um and it's like very healthy bro like like it's just amazing the guys are like Anyways, if you're struggling with the booze and this different things, having having a social life revolving around that, like John was saying, like finding your crew, finding an active club or whatever, like you know whatever it is, it doesn't have to be active club, but just finding those people and like all moving in the same direction together it takes time and effort. But man, like I, I got my whole life back, you know, because of my crew, and it's just, anyways, I could go on and on. I can't say enough, bro. My Sunday was like one of the best days I've had in forever. It was
3: amazing. That's fucking amazing, dude. Yeah, no, uh I had a very similar experience. Um I think I've actually talked about this pro- I think I've talked about this every fucking Christmas since I've been doing this, but I uh I always loved the the holidays with my in-laws, man, because they still ha- they still do like the big family thing, right? And we never really had yep. that. Yeah, I didn't really had that when I was coming up. We did for a little bit, but it uh all went away after my grandma died. Uh, on my mom's side so yeah i always enjoy those big fucking family events yeah that's it what are you saying sorry
4: Sorry, warren was talking about on ftn this weekend um talking about you know when when wignats go through white nationalists go through that sort of breakdown some breakdown of the family sometimes you have big falling out with your family and and some friends and different things like that so i had a really bad one a few years ago where like i got doxxed and my family's like big arguments my family stopped talking to me and stuff so my father hasn't spoken to me in a number of years two, two and a half years, uh, almost three years. And he came down with cancer recently. Um, and he still doesn't want to talk to me. So it's like, if I didn't have my crew and my homies and my 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 son wasn't going in such a good direction, thank God his mother's a good woman. Um, you know, like, I just don't know where I'd be, bro. Because, you know, sometimes those rifts in families, it really happens. And so like, I'm really doing my best to build myself back up so I can be of value to my family. I'm not trying to hang on to any of that stuff because, you know, forgiveness this time of the year and all that stuff, you got to check your ego. You got to realize what you did wrong yourself, be a good person, all that. And so anyways, I think we all have the opportunity to do this very special time of year, bro. Really hope that I can speak to my dad soon.
3: Yeah, I hope you get that shit worked out, man. Uh, it, it, it all goes quick, man. It all goes quick. Yeah, it does it ever, man.
4: Too fast, too fast.
3: But anyways, man, let's go get on. Tonight, guys, we got something to talk about. We're going to get to it on the second half. I want to wait until uh, we get as many people in here as possible to start talking about it. some really interesting shit, some shit I stumbled on uh, while reading into the Wilmington Rebellion. And uh, you can't find anything about you. I mean, you find very, very scant uh, shit written about it, like even the Wikipedia page for this uh, shit we're going to be talking about tonight is really uh, vague. Right. It just gives like a really vague outline of it. But I found two uh, sources we're going to read from tonight to talk about the fucking Union League. Have you heard? I've talked to you a little bit about this, right? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Just through you and your discovery. I'm very curious and interested in this. It's going to be good.
3: Yeah. So fucking the Union League is credited with or is credited by honest historians with being the cause of the rise of the Ku Klux Klan. Right, uh the Union League and radical reconstruction are the cause of the rise of the Ku Klux Klan as uh or at least they're uh more outward and act- the clan as we know it today, I guess I should say right, I think they may have been like a small gentleman's club before, but uh the the Union League is what forced them to become a group of soldiers uh protecting the white southerners um so it's a really interesting story we're gonna get to in a minute but before we get into that man we've got some fucking interesting shit here uh have you heard of this is something i just saw on the way on here so i wanted to talk about this a little bit the um uh the tranny shit what are you gonna call it The, the this uh onslaught against our children Is really starting to heat up because now we're starting to have the first vestiges of um, armed confrontations at these things. And uh, depending, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Depending on how you look at it, (laughs) fortunately for these people, the cops were there this time. But I'm telling you, it's only a matter of time before these things uh, go hot. We started seeing this, um, I even said this when... uh, All of the fucking, you know, Black Lives Matter riots were going on during the Floyd riots and all that shit, right? I said this, like, it's only a matter of time for these things to start getting hot. And then what did you start seeing? Fucking, what was it, four or five uh, small shootouts during those two years, right? You had the guy in Denver. Uh, You had a couple different ones. I can't remember them all right off the top of my head, right? But you had, uh, what was his name, Lee? Lee something. God, what a piece of shit I am for forgetting this guy's name. Lee, he made cowboy hats, he was killed by an antifa posing as security for a journalist. Yes, uh, I remember that. We also had the other bald Jewish guy who just walked across the street and opened fire on the tr- guy in the Trump hat and killed him. Uh that ended up getting into a shootout with the um police uh and dying later on. Uh we had a couple of these um armed uh exchanges with um or between rival factions, right? Between rival political factions. During the Floyd riots. And now we're starting to see it um, in the. uh, The the trend, the child abuse, the the most, the recent child abuse saga. (laughs) Right. We're starting to see it unfold in the recent child abuse saga that's going on in this country where they're allowing pedophiles to groom children in public places. Uh, So we've got here. Let me get this open for the people so they can see it. Uh. Tenth scene unfolds as armed leftists confront neo-Nazis at Texas drag show. Uh, I guess these people are a part of what's called the Aryan Freedom Party. Uh, I've seen a little bit of shit about them around. I don't know a whole bunch around about them. I think I actually might know a couple people who deal with them at least uh, in like chats and shit. I don't know if they're actually a part of it. But I've heard of these people, this Aryan Freedom Network. Uh, so they're not just a thing that just popped up out of nowhere. I have heard of them like way before this. Um, yeah, uh,
4: my my only exposure to them as a group was Hammer sort of uh, saying that he had met some of them that they were, from his perspective, pretty decent folks and stuff like that. So uh, he sort of vouched, and uh, I trust Hammer's judgment. So you got to imagine they're decent folks.
3: Yeah, yeah, like I said, I, I've heard about him a few times. I haven't really heard any, anything good or bad about him either way. I've just seen, like, you know, a few videos that they've put out and shit like that. So, uh, first, but more importantly than any of that, I'm glad that they're okay, right? Glad it doesn't have them. Glad these fucking cops didn't shoot them dead just for being white. Uh, so it says the protest at Texas uh, Trust CU Theater was organized by Protect Kids in response to a holiday themed show featuring performances by cast members such uh, cast members of the RuPaul Drag Race TV show protect kids texas is a group trying to ban children from viewing such shows that has staged similar protests outside all age drag shows around the country. By the way, before we end this story, uh they're really trying to to turn up the heat here and um, they are doing the world's largest drag time sto- d- drag queen story hour on January 21st. Before we leave, I'm going to find um the flyer for it and put it out. And I'm going to be sharing the shit out of it because, uh, anybody who can get there should, uh, but anyways, um, so, uh, as the morning news points out, the Christian nationalist new Columbia movement and the neo-fascist American nationalist initiative also showed up to protest. This is great to hear, man. This is what I love to fucking hear. Uh, All of these different groups coming together for common cause, right? None of these people have to like each other. None of these people have to talk to each other after they fucking leave. But while they're there, they need to be focused on one common cause. Uh, Let's look at these fucking videos here. Let's look at these videos here.
4: Yeah, more of this, more of this, more of this. You know, we can talk about the little things, the little differences, the little spurgeries that that differentiate group from group. But, you know, uh, white nationalism and the 14 words is something everybody agrees on. And this is a direct assault on our children. So we can put all that aside so easily. And I really hope that continues, man. It's a beautiful thing to see.
3: When you go read about Franco's forces that uh, won the Spanish Civil War, almost every historian you read you'll read that writes about that will say that the uh right-wing forces that won the Spanish Civil War were united more by their common enemy than any one single ideology there were a gang of disparate technical you know ideologies involved in the Spanish right-wing movement that defeated the communists in the uh Spanish Civil War there were fucking uh like what it, Like what they called Catholic Integralist, right? Like a monarch, like a yeah. called yeah. yeah, they were monarchists. They were also like, uh, they wanted church rule, right? They wanted like a theocracy. They had theocrats, yeah. whatever. There was all kinds of different factions that all come together to just crush the Jewish forces of communism in Spain because they were doing sick shit, like digging up nuns and all kinds of fucking wild shit. Me and Ozzy Mazzy and a dude named Constantine Commentary I actually did a show about this fucking years ago, a whole show about the Spanish Civil War. And I lost it. I have no idea where it's at.
4: But yeah. Yeah, we uh, we were actually were just discussing this in my chat at uh, NSFC, their National Socialist Fitness Club. Um, kind of going back and forth a little bit about. I posted some stuff about Christian nationalism lately. Uh, you know, uh, being not doing my Spurgery thing. You know, kind of like like sorting through some of the the, the things that we differ on. Um, and the dude brought up uh, you know, Franco and stuff and their success. And and yeah, so like uh, 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 Jose Antonio Primo de Rivera from the Falange and and uh, coming together with some of the, the, the Francoists and like you say, like the monarchists and stuff. And like whatever the fallout was after, you could like make arguments this group was bad or that group was bad. So there's a lot of lessons to learn before, like leading up to their victory and a lot of nice lessons leading after. So yeah, that's a really interesting story. We can learn so much from Spain so much
3: splash says thank you very much Splash. He says do you think america still has open wounds from the civil war yes uh and i think everyone else will too um we still are repeating the the same activities that happened before during and after it right now you'll see what i'm talking about when we get into this shit in the second half it's wild uh thank you very much splash let's watch this video real quick Fuck you! Fuck you, Fuck you! Fuck you, horn! Come on, Faget! Fuck you, Faget! You know
2: that, I ain't Faget! Fuck you, look at you, bitch! Fuck you,
4: Faget! Fuck the fucking homie right there, bro. That's the dude. you want me to look at me,
2: you fucking piece of shit, faggot piece of shit? Faggot! Go back to town, fire faggot!
3: I... <laughs> White power oh, Jesus Christ.
4: Always behind the cops, shit yelling like that.
3: Yeah, and apparently they—they're saying that these uh, the leftists were armed. I don't know if that's true or not. You can't really see them, but I've seen that one guy of ours had a. uh, Well, the one guy here with them had a pistol. God hates grooms hey i want to say cheers to these guys for not having any fat guy <laughs> you know thank you guys yeah. for leaving your fat members at home uh man god bless y'all for that uh i hate to do optics on people but you know we have to have the optics versus the aesthetics fucking talk here okay <laughs> uh no, no that's not this it. isn't uh 131 uh night nation this is a group called Aryan freedom network um you know, optics, the optics debate, when it come around, was never actually about the physical appearance of the people, right? The optics debate was about the ideas, right? It was about the ideology. It was about going, you know, full Wignet, right? It was about calling out Jewish power. It was about talking about the realities of race and being un, uh, unapologetic about it, right? The optics yep. debate was uh, people trying to pull... Good young white men who are on the path to white nationalism, away from racial uh, identity politics and into like GOP shit, right? America first shit. Yeah. Right? It was never actually about the look of the people, right? Because aesthetics do matter. Yeah, <laughs> aesthetics absolutely fucking
4: tie you know nationalism. Over this kind of thing, you know, boots on the ground, street level shit. And either way, you need to look good and look the part. You need to look good when you're in this situation and look good when you put on a suit. That means be physically fit.
3: I even, yeah, physically fit. That's the most important thing right there. Like, I even think you could go out there, like, you have a much better chance of pulling off the costume Nazi look if you're jacked than you do if you're fat. Right. Not that anybody, Absolutely. you know what I mean, you have a much better chance of pulling off the costume Nazi look if you go out there and you're in peak physical condition than you do going out there a big huge fat fuck. Just 100%. everybody laughing at you, you know what I mean? Yeah,
4: and the real the real optics debate now is really about branding. Right? Is like who has the best brand? What's the most transcendent and appealing brand? Yeah, that exactly.
3: Yes, that's what it was. The exact, that's a perfect way to put it, Akilah. That's exactly what it was. It was about branding, right? It was about using the swastika, right? That's what the optics debate was. It was about the symbols and language you used. It was never about the appearance of the people. You know what I mean? It was about right. the symbols and languages and language w- you used, right? That's what yeah, it was. Right. It was never you know, about the appearance.
4: I always showed 3.0 right? And I always show active club stuff because I find it's universal. It's transcendent. And if you're fit, like you will get, if you join an active club, then you're going to look good in both situations. And to be honest, like I love the swastika and I love Hitler, but it is a little bit tough to sell that to the normies still right now. And so it just kind of like pulls that out of the aesthetic, just, just enough. So everything else can get through. So I think that it covers a lot of bases and none of those guys disavow you know the swastika or or national socialism or hitler so these are things that are incorporated just not at the surface level but right below it so we're gonna get there that's the point right so i think it's got everything so i'm always chilling
3: yeah well i mean yeah 100 percent, man and like i said th- you know i'm not gonna sit here and uh Purity spiral on these guys and, 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 no, I mean and, and shit on them for what they got going on because at least if they went out there. It, at least they went yeah. out there. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, yes. And that's yeah. something. That's one thing I want to caution against. Like, yeah, personally, like that's not my look, right? For me personally, what they had going on, that's not my look. But I also wouldn't counter signal those dudes, right? If I was out there with them, we can't counter signal guys like that. We got to walk up to them, shake their hand, give them a hug, and greet them as brothers because they're out there fighting the same fight as we are
4: yeah 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 i've got guys in in our crew and nationally and stuff here that do um sport that aesthetic and they're the best guys they're they're right up there with some of the best guys super solid anybody flying a swastika i mean aside from like we get really negative attention up here like like we have to be careful with what we do because we get heat like we get stesis and rcmp showing up at people's doors families' doors for this kind of shit Right. And the feds, it's like in the States, you know, like, like feds will show up, like they showed up at the trunk thing and flew the swastika and it was feds. It wasn't anybody, none, none of our people, because I would have known. So it's like, you know, we, we, we just can't, we just have to be smart and careful. And if guys are doing it legitimately, well, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything about it. I, I like it. So, you know, we just got to pick and choose our, our, our places and, and I love what these guys are doing, man. They look fucking awesome doing it. It's great.
3: Yeah, man, they got the fucking balls. And you know, it's like the for me personally, guys that talk shit about good, well-meaning guys like the these guys we just watched here on Aryan Freedom Network. That's akin to the the guy at home talking shit about the, how the boxer should have fought. Right, the guy at home mm-hmm. on the couch, like, oh no, he he should have bobbed. He, he, trying to give his play-by-play on how the fighter should have fought his fight. Right, while his yeah. fat ass is at the home sitting on the couch. Right. So yeah. it's hard for me to, to throw shade at these guys while they're out there putting their ass on the line, man. hundred
4: percent. The people and Nick Fuentes and these types of faggots are the ones that led this charge of, we're going to criticize this. and We're going to criticize that. We have the best way to, to do things that actually encourage faggotry and race mixing. All this. these, this is a gay op. It's been a gay op from the start. You know, there's a, there's like white machismo, you know, like white masculine authority, benevolent, Not benevolent, intolerant, whatever it needs to be in the moment. We're the ones that choose. We're the ones that decide. Little fucking twinks and little faggots and shit like this can shut their fucking mouths, right? They have no place saying a goddamn thing. If you can't get your ass out there, if you can't get in the fucking ring, then you can shut the fuck up, right? If you're not a good fan who respects the fighters and respects what goes into it, you can shut the fuck up. Nobody cares what you say. And there's a lot of dudes who do this, right? A lot of dudes who fight fans at home doing this armchair, armchair quarterback, gay as shit possible.
3: And, uh, yeah, uh, Lady Bielder says they mean well, but it's kind of productive. Yeah, uh, it, it can be. But the best way to to help, you know, to, to, to remedy that situation is to show them love, man, and talk to them and bring them in as brothers. And then maybe You know what I mean You can bring them around too to kind Yeah
4: of do yeah yeah so These are open mean, conversations you need yeah. to continue to have Not shut down And disavow guys Yeah, yeah exactly
3: uh, But speaking of You were talking about earlier About feds and gay outs Speaking of feds and gay ops, This is some really important shit That I want you guys to hear In this fucking article um, Shit I've been telling y'all Shit I've been telling y'all You better watch how you're fucking talking In these motherfuckers that all you guys and i'm not i don't think any of our guys in here doing this this is just to the broader people that might be listening i know most of us here are smarter than this but to all you guys that are out there talking like tough guys in these fucking telegram chats trying to get fucking brownie points trying to get extremism coins trying to get your fucking your your fucking uh your uh what's it uh your edgelord coins they're fucking watching you, you fucking retard. They're fucking watching you. So we got here part of war or part of war is terror. A neo Nazi group is trying to capitalize on the more counter power grid attack. Now I don't really give a fuck about these weird antisocial faggots that are doing this. But what is really important is what is said in this article. So it says, uh the morning after the power grid attack, which coincided with protests against a drag show in Southern in Southern Pines, a neo Nazi accelerationist Oh, I'm sorry. Neo-Nazi accelerationist on a private, te- a private telegram chat. So those ones you think you're in that are all secretive and they got it to where you can't screenshot and you can't share anything from this because this is a super secret fucking extremist fucking hardcore accelerationist chat, brother. That's fucking full of feds. <laughs> they're recording everything you guys are in there saying like fucking assholes. Uh... The contents of the chat in the Uncle Ted's Cabin channel. So if any of you guys are in the Uncle Ted's Cabin channel, anything you've said in there is 100% reported. But here's the deal, guys. I'm not even going to act like it's only these kind of uh, groups, right? It's not just the Uncle Ted's Cabin channel. It's not just Accelerationist groups. They're in every fucking one of these chats. Every fucking one of these chats. There is a Fed or some Jew or some journal or some Shabos fucking Janissary in there monitoring everything that's said.
4: Uh there's no question, dude. You just have to assume and like how much you want to care has a lot to do with how much negative attention you want to attract for yourself and the movement as a whole. So just think twice before you be a retard. I'm gonna just fucking say it because I mentioned it to you. Um, just before, just around the time that this fucking shit happened with the, with the with these uh, power outages, I seen um, our good friend. Well, our good friend. I'm being facetious, extremely facetious. Drenger and Hate Lab have popped back up recently. So you know, it, it kind of coincides. None of these things are good. Uh, these are the type of chats, and I've seen them posting Uncle Ted's shit, their cabin, whatever. Yep. 100%. So, you know, man. The, yeah, these are associated to each other, guys. Don't get it fucking twisted. When you go around certain people that have been known to be, like, you know, in quotation marks, extremists, as if, you know, they're, these people are, <laughs> you got to realize that the person that opened the page in the chat is feeding info. Think about it. Right, it's not from like people joining in. When it's really on the on the wild, really the wild side, the Adam level of things, it's because the people that open the fucking chat
3: are informants. You understand? Yeah, the people who started exactly. Yes, the people. Yeah. Yes, the people. Oh, exactly. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And and I mean, like I said, man. Even if even if you don't assume that, you just got to assume that every one of these fucking chats is being monitored. You Everywhere to, you go, man. you have to. Don't 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 be an asshole, man. There's no need. There's no need to be talking like a tough guy on the fucking internet.
4: But yeah. No, because even the tough guys in real life, there's we don't have the numbers to for anybody to be a superhero. So like, there's no individualism in this.
3: It says the contents of the chat in Uncle Ted's cabin, a channel named in honor of anarcho-primitivist ter- primitivist terrorist Ted Kaczynski, were obtained by an infiltrator who leaked them to the White Rose Society, a volunteer research collective in Australia. The chats were co- uh, the chats, which covered a period from early November through December 9th, were provided exclusively to Raw Story, an anti-fascist researchers in North Carolina, who tweet under the name at. Uh, A.R. Elefantu and at M whatever the fuck that is also helped corroborate the information and develop a reporting story. It's reasonable to say in, in the individuals included with or familiar with the NSRF and the accelerationist ecosystem are portraying Moore County as a likely being perpetrated by NS. It's a, NSRF is the uh, they mentioned it up here. I forget what the fuck it's called. National Socialist Resistance Movement. Uh, uh, and Matthew Kreiner of the the managing director at the Accelerationist Research Consortium, <laughs> a senior research scholar at the Center on Terrorism, Extremism, and Counterterrorism in Mid- at the Middlebury Institute.
4: Wow, does that ever sound like a faggot? Eh, holy Dude, shit!
3: They have an Accelerationist Research Consortium.
4: Just the bitch made faggot association.
3: And look, and you click on the hyperlink and it associates it with the Proud Boys. (laughs) (laughs) Embrace the acceleration of signals and potential escalation of violence by the Proud Boys. (laughs) Fuck, dude. Get out of town.
4: Yeah, so that, like, you know, up here, Proud Boys are literally labeled by the government a terrorist group. Like, if I throw on my Fred Ellis and go take a walk, bro. Like people are gonna take my picture and shit, and like Fred Perry. bullshit, like report me, Fred Perry. Uh, I always get that. Mixed. I get Perry, Perry I mean, Yeah, Fred, Fred Perry,
3: Perry. I knew <laughs> what you had going on there. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. yeah so it's pretty uh, fucked. Fuck, it's man. pretty retarded. Like you know, and, and they the Proud Boys up here did do shit. They haven't done a fucking thing. You know, just just gay. It's just get our gay government just decide to roll this way and cause if you do Proud Boys terror as a terrorist group, it just everything else can be a terrorist group because they're gay as fuck.
3: Well, yeah, I yeah. mean the, the Proud Boys are just like the right wing equivalent of the Boogaloo boys, right? That's yeah. really all they are. The Boogaloo boys are the fucking uh left wing equivalent of the Proud Boys. They're both just militant homosexual uh militias. Yep. Right? That is what the Boogaloo Boys and the Proud Boys are. They, The Boogaloo Boys are a militant left-wing homosexual militia. And the Proud Boys are a right-wing homosexual militia. That's what they
0: are.
4: Essentially the same thing.
3: <laughs> yeah, essentially the same thing, yeah. Uh, fuck, man.
4: If you, especially, if you don't buy into the kosher sandwich divides, right? You know, because anything in that kosher sandwich, liberals conservatives and i'll speak for canada especially in canada in the states too but it's all the same shit the fucking conservative platform up here as they announced it recently is literally the exact fucking same as from like four years ago from the liberal faggots exactly word for word the same shit there's no difference it's wild people are so retarded they don't see it so you know kosher sandwich it's gay we know anyways i digress
3: yeah, uh, Detroitl says Boogaloo Boys are leftists. Yeah, they're uh, left libertarians, right? They're like uh, anarchists, right? That's what the Boogaloo Boys yep. are, left-wing anarchist militants, right? They have trannies and all kinds of shit in the Boogaloo Boys now. It's fucking really fucking disgusting. Uh,
4: really super fucking disgusting. good. Yeah, I mean, they, they ruined the Hawaiian shirt. That's That's the main thing that they did that I hate them for, you know? Because we could have
0: had Hawaiian
3: shirts I was never into it I've always been So (laughs) Night Nation What's up brother How you doing man
0: Hey sir How's it going John What's up brother
3: So Like Magnum Magnum PI right Like you know It's an aesthetic You could have had it I've always I've always been A hater of And I don't know why This bothers my autism But I've always despised The full button up Short sleeve shirt so if you're gonna have a full button-up, man, for me, if you're gonna have a full buttons, you have to. It has to be long sleeve. The only way you can have short sleeve is if it's a polo style shirt. For me, I cannot wear the full sleeve or the short sleeve button-up. It's always looked incredibly weird to me and fucking nerdy. <laughs> so uh, and when I seen the Hawaiian t-shirt, I was like, well, "Who are these fags wearing this retarded ass shirt?" And then it became like this big huge thing. I've always thought that the short sleeve button-up was an incredibly retarded thing to wear.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't think I, I could pull off the Hawaiian shirt at all specifically. But I used to do plaid short sleeve. That was like a skater kid thing. Anyways, but I Yeah, I don't I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't counter signal your opinion there, Doc.
3: Yeah, you know, I don't know. It always has given off like the uh like a nerd vibe to me, right? Like if you got the short sleeve full button up you need like a pocket protector. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like you you, you know yeah. what I mean? Like your shirt tucked into your underwear and all kind of weird shit. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, you got to tuck the shirt in. But then so if you're jacked, then you like fill out the sleeve real good. Like you're busting out that sleeve. I, I give it a pass. Um, Still nerdy, but nerds and jocks unite.
3: Codex yeah. says it's super waspy, John, and it hits a nerve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Rock, I don't own a Dickie, but after fucking last night's movie, I need to buy one. I fucking know that. <laughs> I need to buy one and wear it under extremely thin white tees. <laughs> so it just sticks out.
4: <laughs> yeah, going to know Don's, Don's uh, faction. Oh, and it was so fucking You guys are awesome. all going to be black Dickies, white sweaters.
3: Oh, man. Uh, I, I'm fucking disrespecting Perp's fucking wardrobe here He says god damn it Johnny that's all I wear I'm gonna have to push back on this one <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking with our boys wardrobe man What's up no. Perp
4: No nerds uh, and talks together bro. Don't worry everybody on the same team we're good John doesn't have to like it. He just has to tolerate it.
3: I have a bunch of weird... uh, Hey, thank you very much, uh, Night Nation. He says, thanks for your work, John. Your message about the chats being surveilled is something everyone should take very seriously. Yeah, bro. Uh, And another thing is like I've I've been fucking trying to beat into people's head is don't trust this encrypted shit. Don't Mm -hmm. think that just because you're on Threema and it's got all these special numbers and letters behind your fucking chat that somehow that's going to keep the fucking U.S. government from looking at your shit. Oh, hell no. (laughs) Just assume all of that shit is fake and everything you're saying is being recorded. Just make that assumption and you'll never go wrong.
0: 100% because the other thing is like they they have the computing power that they can break any of this encryption easily. 100%. Easily.
3: Yeah, Yeah. and, And if they don't, they'll just force the fucking company to do it right if they don't if yep. they can't break uh break it themselves i guarantee you if the fucking feds or the cia or fucking the nsa or the counterterrorism unit of the u.s government goes to fucking telegram and says hey you're giving us these chat logs or goes to three mm-hmm. and says hey you're giving us these chat logs guess what they're gonna do they're gonna yeah. give them the motherfucking chat logs oh yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and you
4: can just clone your phone like it's yep. super doable. They just clone your phone. They it ceases like they like um, up here they don't need warrants for this shit. Uh, they just could like clone your phone off your IP and you're done. You're, everything you say and do is surveilled. So, you know, I I kind of assume that that's what's happened with me, and I don't know what what am I supposed to fucking do about it.
3: Yeah, I think if you don't uh. If you don't assume that, you're really doing yourself a disservice, man. You're really doing yourself a disservice. Uh there are
4: ways around it. Google Pixel, you can download a different operating system completely. That's very encrypted. It uh, be dumb, Uber. So I'm not going to explain it, but there's ways. And you can find out there's guys around that know how to tell you how to get your shit pretty locked down.
3: Yeah. And it's even cool. still, though, man, like, even still, it's, it's hard for me to. It's hard for me to believe that they they have, that there is a device on this planet that they can't fucking track and get into, right? Because here's here's my thing: these cell phones that people talk like the Google Pixel, you can download the separate operating system, but still got to use the same cell towers. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't erect your own fucking cell phone towers. <laughs> you know what I mean? For the it has to use the same service and network that all of these other fucking things use. So I don't really think. That's where I think a big flaw in our thinking is, is we think we have all these, like, neat little fucking doodads and apps and fucking phones and locks and encryption codes and all this shit, but all of that information has to go through their fucking network, through their cell phone towers.
4: I'm pretty retarded, but I sat down, and uh, Tim Tim uh, from Daily Rake was around for this. Uh, we had a nice little conversation uh, with a few different guys, a couple of really fucking smart dudes presented their kind of version of what, proper offset looks like and uh i mean i'm retarded so i didn't understand i can't repeat it but uh eventually i'm gonna get it all done so because it, it tightens it up as much as might be reasonable but i don't know enough to say you're not correct too john so i don't know how the fuck you're supposed to go about this shit i just figure if they're gonna come get me they're gonna come get me what Fuck am i supposed to do
0: yeah. Unless you do something fully like terroristic or evil, I mean illegal or something, you're mostly dealing with people that are trying to harass you or get you fired. Mostly, yeah, trying to slander you basically. That's about it, really. Yeah, they in have to come cases. up with
4: a warrant to be able to mm-hmm. come and get you, and that means the judge has to sign off on it. And the judge, they don't let judges like they still kind of act like judges in a lot of cases. They some of them still try to apply the law actually, so they they laugh these people out of their courts. Like for example, if you get uh, if you shoplift, okay, not to anybody shoplift is retarded but if you shoplifted and you're under surveillance for like five years right and they, they show up and they're like and you get arrested right and then they're like well this person was under surveillance so you, why were you surveilling this person for like five years and then that can actually get you off the shoplifting charge if you get uh caught for shoplifting because you were being surveilled for example because they, they're not allowed to just like surveil you you know for extended periods of time they have to justify these things so, you know, they jump through a lot of hoops and this and that. But there's like, uh, is, th- there's, uh, the judiciary still exists. It was built to like protect citizens. A lot of it has been bastardized and twisted around. So there's like kind of competing factions in there. And there's a lot of old cool people who still think that it should be applied to the letter of the law. And that makes it harder on these faggot ass groups that try to come after us. So there's a little white pill in there somewhere.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it shouldn't be underestimated that judges do give a shit about their own career and they do give a shit about their own record. And for them to make, like, charges that don't stick, thats sorry, DAs, to to them to start doing charges that are just bullshit charges actually reflects badly on them. So in general,ly they try to hold back on that if it's not real, you know, in general.
4: Yeah, Yeah, there's American and Canadian versions of this, so I'm trying to... Mm walk two lines there and say something more general but again there there are like certain amounts of white pill in there like again we do have laws like we don't live in a completely lawless nation where like leftists rule like like a hundred percent because of like things that were written in the books before these packets took power they are trying to change it and they are in power but there are other elements there as well
0: yeah yeah absolutely
3: all right well guys I think Let me see what we got here I think we might just go to break And then pick back up on the other side With the Union League shit Let me see what we got here Yep yeah. yeah we'll just or, uh, Do you want to do the uh, The LOD shit Real quick
4: Oh, well, that might not be a bad thing to do before we go to break, yeah. All
3: right, we'll take off. Kind of lead the charge on it, man.
4: Yeah, you want me to read through it? I'll read through it. So I'm a little worried that if I go, because I'm stuck on my fucking phone now again, right? Uh, I think if I leave, I'm not going to leave the stream streamer, but if I switch over to my Telegram, that you're going to lose my audio. So if you do, let me know. Somebody else may have to read it
3: out. All right, I'll go pull it up and see if I can find it. Uh, I think he sent it to me here.
4: Yeah, can you hear me still? Yeah, I can hear myself, so that's good news. Yeah, I can hear uh, let you. me get let me get going, and if I if you lose me, you can pick it up. All right. Um, so our good friend LOD, um, is a very smart guy who does a lot of good things to help out streamers in the past and stuff like that. Great artist. Um, so he wrote out what what was the uh, the history of um the what he's calling the rise and fall of american mental health institutions okay uh he basically attributed it quickly as a joke he attributed it to reagan and Geraldo rivera but i really want to read this out i found it so fascinating so uh the story of the rise and fall of american mental health institutions covers nearly a century before the turn of the century those who might be deemed worthy of being institutionalized
3: Oh, we lost him. Here, I'll I'll read it, and that way when he gets back, he can just comment on it, because somehow we just lost him. I heard him drop out. So here we go. I'll read it off. The story of the rise yeah, and okay, fall then, of the American yeah, institutions. Okay. I got you, brother. I'll read it. Uh, yeah. The story of the rise and fall of American institutions covers nearly a century. Before the turn of the century, those who might be deemed worthy of being institutionalized would have been sent to a county-administered facility, uh, usually an almshouse or poorhouse. Let me blow this up a little bit, make it a little bigger. Let me make this a little bit bigger real quick, guys. All right. Uh, known as an almshouse or poorhouse, uh, residents spanned a wide range from the developmentally disabled to drunks, unwed mothers, and the poor. Some facilities would specialize in uh, specific infirmaries, infirmities, uh, like epileptic col- colonies, or idiot asylums. <laughs> Man, we could use some fucking idiot asylums. Let me tell you, dude. Uh, I, I am pro-idiot yeah. <laughs> asylum. Others were the refuge of the wealthy, used for respites. At the turn of the century, states began to take over, overseeing the care of the mentally unstable patients. In smaller counties, these patients were moved to a state-run facility. In larger cities, the former almshouse were often expanded to become psychi- psychiatric hospitals. This was the dawn of the modern institution and coincided with an attempt at standardizing a sort of renaissance in psychiatric medicine. About this time, architects like H.H. H. Richardson worked with doctors to plan facilities that would promote mental well-being. Dr. Thomas Story Kirk- Kirkbride is easily the most well-known of these doctors. He envisioned a communal facility in a pastoral environment that would relax patients and foster healing. Uh, the Kirkbride Plan House, or I'm sorry, the Kirkbride Plan housed male and female patients in the same facility, with a large wing of the building dedicated to males and opposite wing for the females. Each wing extended to from a main central administrative section, and the furthest reaches of each wing would be housed the more extreme cases the criminally insane or I'm sorry the criminally insane the wings would extend diagonally such that from any section a patient could look out his window and see other areas of the building resulting the resulting plan resembled a a bat with wings outstretched in flight upon their comp, upon, upon their completion many of the buildings would be the largest of their kind built unfortunately in spite Of Dr. Kirkbride's good intentions, the Kirkbride plan had the opposite effect. Many patients were driven more mad by the scale of these places and their gothic feel. The fictional Arkham Asylum was was inspired by Kirkbride architecture. Uh, Even still, these places were generally well regarded and conditions were good up until the mid-century. It was not really a stigma to be sent to an institution, unless perhaps you were of an elite family. Even still, it was fairly common. Some experimental therapies were used in certain institutions, but again, with good intentions. Therapies like hydrotherapy had mixed results, and others like lobotomies seemed brutal by today's standards, though likely not at all that much different in reality from the chemical lobotomies performed by using the cocktails including heavy doses of Thorazine used today. In the mid to late 60s, as families, came less able, as families became less able to care for developmentally disabled children, with women joining the workforce, these children were often sent to institutions, and overcrowding soon became an issue, and conditions began to worsen. Being sent to an asylum became a stigma. I'm sorry, became a stigma, and most people didn't really want to know what happened within their walls. What were you gonna say, Akilah?
4: yeah, let me just interrupt him and just point out because he doesn't really get into the Jewish question while explaining this. You can kind of see how the influence the breakdown and attack of the family, the worsening of the economy, the fact that World War II sent women into the workplace and and feminism kept them there, um, there being a trickle-down effect. And then uh, he goes into the you know the the abrupt uh, what seemingly was abrupt, Change in psychotherapy, right? So the introduction of like Jewish tactics in psychotherapy, and then also Jewish ownership of pharmaceuticals. Uh, All and- motivated this.
3: I want to touch on the pharmaceutical thing real quick. After I say a big thank you to Brother Carbon Fiber, thank you very much, and Merry Christmas to you as well, brother. Thank you very, very much for that big donation. I greatly appreciate it, Bobo. Um, but yeah. So speaking of lumbotomies, uh and the pharmaceutical companies that you just mentioned um I, was it somebody in the chat or was it in the actual article i just read the part of the article i just read i think it was actually in the article i just read where he was saying it's not much different than the chemical lobotomies they give people today um i don't know if you guys have ever seen some of these people or how many of you guys have seen some of these people that are on these psychotropic bro. drugs but they are absolutely dead they're dead bro these are dead people walking. Their eyes are dead. Their soul is dead. Their emotions are dead. They don't feel anything. Yeah. It's, fuck- it's like
0: putting your soul to sleep, really, in a way, man. You ever see a guy on like 600 plus milligrams of Seroquel? They're like barely awake. They're barely there. They're fucking out, dude. They're gone. Dude,
3: when I was checked this out, when I was locked up. So in the penitentiary, a lot of these guys go in there and they get their crazy pills and they don't take them. Right, they'll shuffle them off for food or cigarettes or whatever, mm. right? And I took one of these guys, quill one time, and motherfucker, dude. I mean motherfucker. I couldn't get out of Sleep bed for the nine next hours. Day. Yeah, I couldn't get out of bed the next day. I had to go to fucking yep. I had class, bro. You know what I mean? I had shit, I was doing responsible shit while I was in there. I mean, I was going to the electrical school and shit, right? So I had yeah. class to get up to go to the next day and I'm fucking falling asleep in class. Dude, it, mm-hmm. was the, it was fucking stronger than any Xanax I'd ever taken in my life. It was one of the most uh, fucking god-awful. I've had that shit before. It fucking oh knocks you flat on your ass. God, dude. Like, the worst. Fu- I mean, I don't know. And they it hand that
0: shit out like candy, too, John. Like, they barely even, like, it's not even controlled
3: or anything. Dude, it is fucking strong, dude. Yeah. yeah.
4: I mean, strong. I had my own experience getting locked up, and they couldn't keep me in the jail because there was no like warrant, there was no charges. So they, they fucked around and got me put in at one of these places for like two weeks. And that's, why I came out of that with a benzo addiction, but the Seroquel was every night, bro. And like, you know, I, I didn't know at first side of that I shouldn't take it and it fucking walks you, but like it's wild. And then, um, I started just fucking cheating it and spit it out. Um, and then you know I would I would stand in front of this fucking desk like for 12, 15 hours a day as long as the day was was, was wasn't like lockdown time I would just stand at one place because I didn't know what to do I didn't want to look at any of the people to deal with them I just stood in front of the administration desk for like it, I'm gonna say like ten days.
3: And you know what's fucked up about these nuts. things? You know what's most fucked up about psychotropic drugs? The one of the, well, I guess there's a many, there's a myriad of things that are fucked up about psychotropic drugs. But in my opinion, one of the worst things about these psychotropic drugs is these people who get put on them. Should they ever not have them or go off them, they're ten times fucking crazier than they ever were when they started Mm -hmm. those fucking things. I mean, it drives them fucking ten times fucking nuttier than they ever were before they had them. So now their sanity depends on this fucking chemical lobotomy, right? Yeah, and I
4: mean, like, as a a relatively mentally healthy person and stable person myself, I kind of was able to battle through it and fight through it, but it took a lot out of me. And so, you know, if you're already like unstable, you have mental problems. Um, it took me a long time to get back to who I am, you know, myself. And and I mean, you you like you say, John, you won't find yourself again. These people who have these issues, they are gone. It's it is a chemical lobotomy.
0: 100%. certainly after a while i don't know if it is for like a short period but man after a while yeah that's true yeah. yeah like a or, year or two or something and yeah it's one yeah, of those yeah.
3: things it's it's one of those things it's kind of like um like with opioids right so mm. after you come off of them and you've purged them from your system you kind of like have to relearn who you are Right so it's the same yeah. I'm sure I've never been on psychotropic drugs you know I can only speak from my experience with opioids but I could I could imagine that it's a very similar thing that you know for as long as you're on those things frying your fucking brain out it's going to take an equal or double amount of time of being off of them to rebuild your brain chemistry and and make your you know make yourself whole again it's going to take a while you know what I mean those no things fuck you up bad if if it's possible to ever be the same again it's going to take a long time uh, so, liberal organizations have been advocating for patients' rights in the early 80s. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Did I skip a part? Mid to late 60s, often institutions overcrowding soon became an issue. Sent to asylums, a stigma. Yeah, okay. Most people didn't really want to know what happened within their walls. Liberal, liberal organizations began advocating for patients' rights in the early 80s. Many larger institutions, including farms and textile production, Oh, included, not including, I'm sorry. Many larger institutions included farms and textile production. So they're saying, like, that's what the jobs they had provided on the faci- at the facility for the inmates, right? Or for the people staying there. They could work in the textiles or uh, whatever the other fucking thing was on the farm. There you go. Patients who were capable would farm their own food and help make their own clothes. Liberal groups argued this was unconstitutional and that these patients were owed compensation for their labor. Laws were passed, and states could not afford to pay these patients. Farming, So the farming was abandoned, and subsequently patients suffered. Uh, The work at Therapeutic Utility, right, work sets you free. There's actually a lot of truth to that, man. Uh, Conditions worsened even more. Then came Geraldo's infamous expose on Willowbrook, where he uncovers abuses and appalling conditions. States could not afford to reform already underfunded and financially struggling institutions. The answer was a wave of deinstitutionalization led by the Reagan Reagan administration. Parents would be moved to community level houses with more extreme cases being held in much smaller facilities or in hospitals. This period is where the stories of busloads of patients being dropped off in cities comes from as they emptied hospitals overnight or I'm sorry, as they emptied hospitals overnight. This actually happened with Hudson River Psyche in or Psyche in Poughkeepsie. Busloads of patients were dropped off in Times Square. There is a campy Michael Keaton movie loosely based on this, where his character leads a group of mental patients on an outing to a Yankees game. Today, we still deal with the aftermath of deinstitutionalization, with scores of homeless people who are unwilling or unable to take prescribed medicines some find themselves in already overcrowded prisons, which has led to uh, led to a similar watch of deinstitutionalization with even more dire results. Or on the streets and practical therapies, which were time and labor intensive, have all but been shelved in favor of pharmaceutical therapies. Well, that's the thing with this, and, and that's a big part of what's going on. And I think that's what I mean. That is what he's getting at here. But, like, where he said up here, where he's saying, uh, let me find it. He says uh, unwilling or unable to take their medication. Like, that's the problem with a lot of these homeless people that you see out there. They are unable to maintain themselves, right? They have to be in an institution that maintains them basically 100% of the time. Right, They can be allowed to have jobs and go out and have certain social interactions, but they have to be institutionalized and maintained in a facility. You cannot allow these people to go out on their own accord and live their life. They don't have the ability to do that. They don't. They're broken. Uh, That's right. Okay, let me see where we're
4: at. And you see it, right? And they become dangerous because they can really snap at the drop of a hat. And if they're out in the street loose, it's not safe.
3: Yeah, yeah, and they're absolutely fucking schizophrenic. They're, like, hallucinating. They're on all kinds of drugs. Yeah, it's just, yeah. So, at one time, institutions were a jewel of a community. They were respected places that earnestly cared for less fortunate members of society in a humane way, and they were centers that employed scores of professional people. They had farms, theaters, chapels, salons, gymnasiums, and even bowling alleys. Patients ran printing presses, shoe shops, dairy plants, slaughterhouses, bakeries, and laundries. They did plumbing, carpentry, cleaning, and cooking. Hospitals had marching bands and orchestras. Res- and orchestras residents had dignity and fared way better than the current day count- than their current day pa- counterparts. We need to reopen asylums. A hundred percent, man. I couldn't agree more, man.
4: Yeah, there's two more uh, messages from him, and it really kind of rounds out oh, yeah, the I whole could- idea. Okay,
3: they're a little bit. The one other thing?
4: Yeah, and then there's even a third one, I believe. Which
3: one's? The, okay, so one other thing first, and then funny thing next. Okay, I got you. I'm with yeah. you here. One other thing these campuses were massive, hundreds of acres, with some nearly a thousand acres. Also, with hundreds of acres of buildings along with the massive main hospitals, these places were really like small towns. We are talking about a lot of people who are displaced. It's not as if all of these people disappeared or suddenly all became better. They are now wandering the streets, living in city living in tent cities, and some are in jails or in prisons. Asylums had issues, yes, but rather than reform what we had, we threw the baby out with the bathwater. And here's uh for the ones for the most part, where he says here the ones that end up in prison, the thing with that is uh I in the event that we were to create some sort of uh new mental, mental institutions i think they should just go and pluck those people out of jail right because yes. they don't commit serious crimes right for the most part of course some of them like rape and rob and shit but for the most part they commit real petty crimes just enough to get 50 100 bucks to go get drugs for the day right they, they commit super petty crimes over and over and over again so you'll see these people fucking consistently getting you know two to five year sentences Right. And if you get a two to five year sentence in most places in most places like Oklahoma isn't unique in this uh, in this situation, like Oklahoma, if you have a nonviolent crime, you only do 30 percent of it. Right. So if you get a fucking two year sentence, you only do what, 18 or if you do a five year sentence, you do 18 months. Right. Out of a five year sentence. Right. So these guys are just going in for six, eight, six months, eight months, 10 months, year and a half. Right? In and out, in and out, in and out. And they just go from the street to prison, from the street to prison, from the street to prison, back and forth, because they're fucked up and they can't maintain themselves. Uh, True. Funny thing, I watched a doc over the weekend about how Nazi Germany treated animals. Of course, they tried to twist history and shoehorn in an Aryan supremacy agenda as motivation. They claimed their obsession with breeding to maintain certain breeds of horses, dogs, and cattle (laughs) mirrored an obsession with racial purity. (laughs) <laughs> so because they weren't race mixing the animals, <laughs> so since they weren't trying to like crossbreed dogs and fucking horses, they had an obsession with racial purity. Jesus fucking Christ.
0: Well, don't you know don't you know John, like uh the, the animals need to do diversity and multiculturalism too, don't you know?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Although yeah, let's ignore the fact that it leaves them like sterile and unable to fucking have offspring after you fucked up their genetics. Let's leave that out. Let's leave that part out. Of even, it.
4: Also not even that true in the sense that um, this is the same, uh, you know, nation that produced the Doberman Pinscher, which was a mix of many different breeds of dog that was so if you do it smart, not to say you should do this with humans, but if you actually breed animals in a smart way, you can take the best of the genetics of multiple different breeds and produce something uh, very specific and very great. Right? So a Doberman is an amazing type of dog specific for specific purposes and even sometimes for the home. And, uh, you know, we wouldn't have it without the ingenuity of, of Germans.
3: Yeah, so it says here, uh, sort of, but not exactly. As we know, Uncle A's motivation was to preserve and protect his people out of love. This love extended to all things German, including these breeds, which were per- peculiar, which were peculiar, the Germany... I
4: think you meant particular to Germany.
3: Okay, yeah. We're particular to Germany and tied to its history. Such as a breed of horse used by German royalty up until the German Empire and the Kaiser, the German Shepherd, and the Oryx, a majestic breed of cattle, which were massive in size, native to Germany, and had all but disappeared. In fact, the effort to recover the ancient Oryx DNA which is found in other breeds of modern cattle and um sorry, modern cattle in varying degrees, continues to this day and nobody thinks it's Nazi voodoo science. So yeah, the doc tried to smear the right just like every other doc. But what they but what they did get right was revealing. Germany passed animal rights laws early on. They cared very much about the protection of animals. This included every officer in leadership. This is not the sort of empathy that would also allow for the sadistic mistreatment of people in camps during wartime. They treated their animals better than we do. They treated their sick and infirm better than we do, and we've managed to make a commodity out of the ill. The moment yeah, the moment was it the moment care for the ill is not profitable, they are cast aside. I think that meant say at the moment. Yeah, at the moment, care for the ill is not profitable. They're cast aside.
4: So momentary. I think maybe he meant momentary care for the ill.
3: Anyway, yeah. Yeah, great shit from uh, Light of Decay. He's a great fucking dude. By the way, Light of Decay is the one who made all of the... The guy who wrote that is the one who made all the graphics you're seeing on the screen right now, by the way, guys.
0: Nice. But,
3: uh, yeah, yeah, he did all Brilliant. my stuff for me. Really. Yeah, um, did you have anything you wanted to... Uh, add on to that brother before we go to break?
4: Not too much. I think he said it really well. And I think we were able to kind of put the things in, in context that I wanted to that, that sort of add to it. Uh, but remember Geraldo Rivera is a Jew, right? So he was the one that kind of like put the cherry on the cake in the eighties of, uh, this fuckery. Um, and so again, just to round it out, it, this is all, um, in service of the deconstruction of our society that allowed Jews to take power in the way that they have now. So we're an occupied uh, group of countries. And um, it, a lot of it is because our uh, our, our social, uh, social environment has been completely eroded. And this is a great contributor to that. We all see it every day in the streets when we walk around, especially in the cities uh, where I live, uh, people... It, it's literally an outdoor asylum. Like, it's it, there's so many. Like, there, I, 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 my where I'm at is well, I shouldn't dox my location, but regardless, there's a shitload of these people out there. It's crazy. Like, you can't walk down the main streets in the city without walking to a gauntlet of these people. Uh, it's
3: unbelievable. Uh, White San Francisco,
4: Portland, all these cities.
3: Oh, fuck. Tulsa, the entire United States of America is an open air asylum, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Nope. Uh fucking Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, all kinds of shit. Uh, Guys, that, uh, Light of Decays, his telegram isn't public. That was shared in a private chat. Uh, He doesn't have, like, a public telegram that he posts on, guys. So, sorry. He's a very
4: private guy. I I wanted to invite him on and stuff, and I didn't even really, like, fully do it because I just knew that he's very private. So, uh, incredible artist, very brilliant guy.
3: All right, guys, we're going to go to break real quick, man, and we will be right back. On the other side of the break, we got some really, really interesting shit to talk about, and we're just gonna dive right into it, guys. So please don't go away. You're really gonna uh, be interested. This shit we got to talk about on the other side of the break, the Union League, super interesting shit, uh, and it's one of those things that we never hear about. And when you do hear about it, it's uh it's lies, right? It's churched up. But we'll get into all that shit. Uh, on the yes, Howdy Do Tulsa is a nigger shithole. It's a brutal fucking meat grinder, and stay the fuck away from it. We're gonna go to break, guys. We will be right back. Enjoyed the break. Hope y'all enjoyed that little video from our brother over at Realistic Aryan Perspective. If you're not following that channel on Telegram, you need to be. That dude makes some fucking great videos. And I am going to go over here right now. And I'm going to find his channel. And I'm going to share a link to it because he deserves it. Dude makes some great shit. Uh, And I use a lot of his stuff, to be honest with you. If I can find it here. Where are you at, brother? There he is let me grab that this is a great fucking link on uh or a great channel on Telegram. you guys should all go follow guys boom yeah go give that brother a follow he he does great work over there great video editing great videos man I use a bunch of them so go give him a go give him a follow man it's worth it so guys here we are on the second half uh we are going to talk about the Union League. Night Nation, have you ever heard of the Union League?
0: No, this it's not familiar. You
3: know, and uh, yeah, exactly. And I don't think I press a 1 in the chat if you have heard of the Union League before you heard me mention it. Even when you look this up online, like when you look it up like their Wikipedia is real short and then it goes into all this bullshit about all the philanthropy they did and all these foundations they started and all this Great work that they did, right? The Union League. Because now it's known as the Union League of Philadelphia. And they opened all of these other Union Leagues around the country, right? There's the Union League of Chicago and all this. But what it actually started out as is a fucking radical anti-white militia. Mm. That is what the Union League was. And the Union League is the reason the Klan rose up the way it did. Nathan Bedford Forrest himself credited the Union League With, um, the, uh, creation of the Klan in its, uh, current, you know, in in our current understanding of it, right? Uh, first wave, second wave of the Klan, right? Uh, so real quick, here's another quote, uh, yeah, the rise of the, this is, I forget, I thought I had the guy's name here, but the rise of the Ku Klux Klan as a defensive measure to protect, was a defensive measure to protect Southern whites after the war, Uh, As a direct response to the savagery of the Union League So the Union League uh, The first Union League lodges were formed in the North to support Republicans Here let me get this is a picture (laughs) This is the picture that's associated with the Union League Let me get this pulled up over here It's fucking Grant riding a carpetbagger's back (laughs) It's just uh, riding a carpetbag on the South's back Uh, So the Union League Uh, The first Union Lodges were formed in the North to support Republicans after Democratic gains in 1862. Uh, According to historian Charles Phillips, the leagues demanded undiluted loyalty to the wartime policies of Abraham Lincoln. They believed there was no such thing as loyal opposition. Voters either supported Lincoln or they were traitors. Uh, Western Loyal uh, Leaguers, so this is the other Loyal League. Is the, uh, version of this that you found further out west, uh, so the actual, the first Union League proper, I believe, I'm, I'm, it was, it was started in Ohio, uh, but then it moved up to the, to the far north, right, uh, New York, uh, Pennsylvania, all that shit, um, But they had like a sister organization, right? They called them a twin organization called the Loyal League. It even says here, together with their identical twin, the Loyal League, Southern chapters prompted the Ku Klux Klan to evolve from a social club into an anti-Republican vigilante group. Uh, The first Union League lodges were formed in the North. Oh, shit. I'm about to read the same thing. Uh, they believe there's no such thing as a loyal opposition if you're a traitor right, yeah. so Western loyal leaguers fought dis, uh, fought, dis, fought dissent with more than words. In central Illinois, one woman claimed that Republicans were forming vigilance committees uh, to identify every man and woman not loyal to Lincoln. Even non-voters were not exempt from their violence. In 1863 League the Union League even tarred and feathered seven women in Ohio including one who was the widow of a recently deceased Union soldier. So these motherfuckers would go around and snatch up and tar and feather white women. Wow. In the fucking street, dude. It sounds strip, like a dude.
0: predecessor to a lot of the leftist intimidation shit that we see no, these days.
3: brother, that's exactly what it turns into. At the end of this, yeah. it's a fucking trip. At the end of this, I'm going to juxtapose uh, the two the two the, how they tell how the story is told and what really happened right so at the end of this that's mm-hmm. exactly what happens night nation they go on and become black militias right mm-hmm. as, as the union league proper breaks down as this vigilante force it breaks off into these black militias and then becomes a philanthropist club but we'll get into that uh, a little bit further down the line uh one second let me so Uh, Yeah, getting back to it, uh, where are we at? Tard and Feathered Seven Women in Ohio. At the end of the war, league chapters opened all over the South, serving as rallying points uh, for whites that had opposed the Confederacy. After Southern blacks were permitted to vote for state and constitutional conventions... By the dubious authority of the 1867 Reconstruction Acts, most Southern whites dropped out as blacks flooded into the leagues. The remaining whites became sex, became what they called scallywags, and soon joined up with Northern carpetbaggers. The new goal for the Southern League, which shared which was shared with the Freedmen's Bureau, so the Freedmen's Bureau was another one. So, what these groups would do. So, I think we're actually going to get into this. Uh, In this other article, because there's some excerpts I want to read from this other article. But what these groups would do, like when I first found out about this group, I found out about them when we were talking about the Wilmington Rebellion. Because it was the Union League that started agitating in Wilmington before the rebellion started off, right? So as the Union armies moved in to North Carolina, into Wilmington, North Carolina, they started bringing in Blacks. Like they flooded North Carolina with Blacks and it became majority black. And as that happened, the Union League was coming in, and when they would have uh, votes, these these Union Leagues and the Union League and the Freedmen's Bureau would go around and harass and attack uh, white voters. Right? They would burn down mm-hmm. white polling places. They even did the first. They, these were the fir- these were the originators of the fucking farm attack. They were going and attacking News. white Southern farmers and burning their farm to the ground, slaughtering their livestock. Imagine. Holy yeah. fuck. So, uh... Where are we at here? Okay, so, yeah. um, uh, What's shared with the Freedmen's Bureau. Okay, so the new goal for the Southern Leagues, which shared, which was shared with the Freedmen's Bureau, was to make sure that blacks registered to vote and voted Republican. oh how the more things change the more they stay the same don't they fucking family yeah they wanted to make sure all these fucking freed niggers could vote for their republican daddies these fucking faggots it's all the fucking same shit uh and they try to tell you the big switch there ain't no big switch huh that's a fucking lie uh they've always these republican faggots have always pandered to negroes uh where are we at okay yeah, yeah yeah uh By terms of the 14th Amendment, blacks composed a majority of voters in five of the eight former Confederate states permitted to vote in the 1868 presidential election. They composed a sizable minority in the other three. So after Reconstruction, and then again, Radical Reconstruction, right? Because to understand Reconstruction, you have to understand Radical Reconstruction, right? After the Civil War ended, they implemented Reconstruction, and, you know, a lot of the slave owners, right, they freed their slaves. Uh, and all, the, all the Negroes were free to run amok and commit crimes and rape and shit. Uh, but they wouldn't let them run for office, right? They wouldn't let them hold, you know, important positions in the community. So these fucking Jews up north, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't good enough for them. So they came down and they did what they called radical reconstruction, where they came in with military force and put militias in the streets of the south and forced them to let niggers rule over them, forced the states of the South to let niggers into office to rule over them. At the barrel of a gun, by bayonet, the same way they made us, the same way they marched our kids into school with Negroes by fucking bayonet.
4: Unbelievable.
0: Then they tried to make it seem like it was a popular idea at the time. I rewriting the history.
4: Right, these yeah. very, very unpopular positions get system backing and system funding, similar to now, where there's less people that are this radical than you might think because of of the of the top down support that they get.
3: Right, hundred percent, man. Uh, let me try. To, sorry, I was trying to find where I was at. I had something I wanted to say too, but I got sidetracked because I was trying to find where I was at. Uh, oh, yeah, they uh, say they comport, uh after the 14th Amendment was put into play uh, because blacks composed the majority of the voters in uh, five of the eight former Confederate states and a sizable minority in the other three. Uh, the Union League recruited members with a cult of secrecy and exaggerated promises. Members were indoctrinated to believe that their interests were perpetually were perpetually. Perpetually, excuse me, fuck, I can't talk. Let me redo that. (laughs) My fucking whole vocabulary fell apart. The Union League recruited members with a cult of secrecy and exaggerated promises. Members were indoctrinated to believe that their interests were perpetually at war with southern whites that were falsely accused of wanting to put blacks back into slavery. Ex-slaves were told that their continued freedom depended on the supremacy of the Republican Party. (laughs) Accordingly, they voted Republican in hordes, like senseless cattle. One member explained that the Union League was, the. Uh, this is what one of the Negroes said, the Union League was a place where we learned the law. Another member said he was always voted Republican because I can't read and I can't write. We go by instructions. We don't know nothing much. <laughs> That's an actual quote by one of these fucking Negroes that was voting for the Republicans. Uh I can't read and I can't write. (laughs) We go by instructions. We don't know nothing much.
0: (laughs) Uh,
3: And listen to this shit. Listen to this shit. This fucking scumbag grant trader grant, uh, told that if Republican Ulysses S. Grant, they were told that if you, if uh, the Carolina chapter was told that if Republican Ulysses S. Grant won the 1868 presidential election, lodge members would be given public offices, farms and mules. The state voted for Grant. So they were telling these niggers like, Hey, as long as you vote this guy in, we'll make sure you get to go down there. We'll send armies down there. And at the barrel of a gun, we will put you in office. And then we'll give you their farms. That's what that's saying right there. Incredible. Uh, so, How is that uh, different from,
4: from current nigger incitement? Right? It's the, no,
3: exactly. Gibbs. That's the same. It's the, it's the, it, that's what I said earlier before the break. Like When we go through this, because... Uh, fuck, who was it? I don't want to get this wrong. Somebody asked... It was Splash asked if we th- if I think that we still have scars from the uh, Civil War. Right. And mm-hmm. yes, listen to this. Yep. Right. We're literally going through the same fucking thing right fucking now. Uh, so a black female supporters of uh, the Union League would vow not to consort with or marry men who were not League members. Remember this? Remember when the Trump election, all these fucking leftist whores coming out telling their uh, women not to fuck their husbands? Mm-hmm. if they voted for Trump, right? Quit oh fucking... Men- right? You remember all that? Oh, the exact same fucking thing. The exact same fucking thing. Ex-slaves who were reluctant to join because of their friendship with their former masters were beaten, and some were even murdered. They would literally murder niggers if they didn't want to turn on the white people. If, they, if you weren't willing to kill white people as a Negro, you were to be killed. Wow. Jeez. A number of lodges organized military units that trained regularly and inevitably clashed with armed whites. Often lodge organizers were employees of the federally funded Freedmen's Bureau, which held the loyalty of most Southern blacks by spring of 1866. Consequently, the Bureau failed at what should have been its primary objective to to promote understanding and tolerance between Southern blacks and whites. Unfortunately, its political tactics and racial agitation redounded to the detriment of blacks as the KKK evolved as a strong, as a strong counterforce, especially after union leaguers became the backbone of carpet-bagging state militias.
0: Carpet-bagging, right? huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know those are. Exactly. Yeah, car- fucking Jews. Baggers, yeah, Jews. Fucking
3: exactly. Jews. Uh, oh, yeah. And that's exactly what they were doing. These 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 union leaguers were going out with their Jewish handlers, their carpet-bagging Jewish handlers, and starting little black militias all over the South. Mm-hmm. John Brown Gun, John very Brown familiar, Gun doesn't Club. It? Yeah, John Brown Gun Club isn't associated with this, but I'm giving that as an example, right? I'm not yeah. saying that it was a direct result. I mean, ultimately it was, but I'm not saying it shot off straight from these guys. I'm just saying John Brown Gun Club, Redneck Revolt, right? Same shit. Same yeah. fucking shit. Although Redneck Revolt is arguably a bunch of Jews. but You guys know what I'm saying here. You know what I mean? Same little yeah. carpet-baggers.
4: Uh, Leo Leo Frank, we know, was a carpetbagger.
3: mm, Right. Um,
4: So the direct transition, we have the ADL now, right? Founded on the lynching of a carpetbagger. Mm. Like, you know, so it goes right through. Like this this thing goes, there's a continuity.
3: All right, so check this out. This is... uh, So... Two years after the end of the Civil War, with one, um, sorry, the one-million-man Union Army dwindled down to about 50,000, although 20,000 federal troops remained deployed in the South to enforce martial law to, pre- to prevent a restart of the rebellion. That's not true. That's not why they were there. Sorry, I had to <clears throat> cough. They were there to enforce Negro rule on the southern states. They were there to enforce to to force Negroes into public office at the barrel of a gun and then quell squash any rebellion to that. Right. They try to make it sound like, oh, they were trying to keep the Civil War from striking back up. No, they were trying to keep whites from rebelling against Negro rule, which is what the Wilmington Rebellion was. Right, which is how we learned about all this, which comes later. We're actually going to talk a little bit about the Wilmington Rebellion here in just a minute because there's some really, really interesting shit from the notes on the Wilmington Rebellion about the Union League. Uh, okay, uh, a much fear uh, a rebellion which was much feared in the North. Congress wanted an even stronger force in place after the region once again held elections. The parsimonious Republican-controlled Congress settled on a two-step approach. First, in 1867, it effectively abolished white militias under a reconstructed... uh, I'm sorry, abolished the white militias of the unreconstructed southern states. So while they're sending out these Negroes with their carpet-bagging Jews to start up black militias all over the South, they're legally abolishing them for white people.
0: Of course they are.
3: Second... After the 1868 elections put carpet-bagging regimes in place in a number of southern states, creating new militias composed almost entirely of former black Union League members. As with all militias, they were funded by revenue from the respective states, thereby obviating the need for federal uh, subsidies.
4: So we're alongside of this this uh, sort of uh, like you're saying, fe- federally subsidized um, t- taking of power from the states from whites. Um, you're seeing the the sort of proto um, lawmaking that went into denying us collectivity, so you couldn't no longer represent yourself as well, and and that also has a continuity leading until now right why do people culturally um uh, uh, kind of get their get their hackles up when you say white collectivity right it didn't it didn't it, that's not normal and it's not natural and so there was there was a cultural effort you know like a, a federally funded subsidized cultural effort to to deny whites collectivity
3: yeah. 100 fucking percent and and not only to deny it but to stomp it out violently
4: right.
3: uh piper's exactly. ghost thank you very much sis i'll look at that here in a minute it's something about david rosenhan uh this is the jew who ran the false rosenhan experiments that got all of the asylum shut down oh nice okay right on we will check that out if we have time here in a little bit thank you very much sis. mad world thank you very much he says the guy out of the rothschild shot lincoln M.T.L. screamed, "Oh, that dreadful house—the house of Rothschild." Uh, well, hey, even a broken clock's right twice a, <laughs> right? Perp. Rock twice a day. They call me Perp. What's up, brother? Says so it's always the same chicken shit playbook with these rats, forcing Negroes into places that they never should have been or they never asked for. Infuriating. Thanks for the show, gentlemen. Thank you very much for the donation. Yeah, man, it's a, it's, a, it's the same playbook over and over and over again, forcing. This 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 clash, this racial clash between whites and negroes and a Jew just standing there in the middle twiddling his fucking fingers. Uh racial agitation is the game of the Jew.
4: Yeah, twiddling what his fingers it? and rubbing his hands together. Yeah. You
3: know? All right, where was I at? Uh author John Choads. What an unfortunate name. <laughs> what an unfortunate <laughs> name on this guy. <laughs> Fuck. Author John Chodes writes, These militia were used as the private armies of carpet-bagging governors. In addition to ensuring voting by terror kept them in power, these uh, to ensure that voting by terror kept them in power, these militia forces defended against other ambitious carpet-baggers who attempted to usurp illegal power with illegal force. Such a Republican Party splits... Led to oh such Republican party splits led to a de- the demise carpet bag governments to the demise of carpet bag governments in Arkansas, Tennessee, and Louisiana. Two opposing militia even fought one another during the Arkansas division known as the Brooks Baxter War. so these they it's one of those things where they couldn't contain their negroes, right? <laughs> They're all fighting each other and shit. What was really going on is these Jews uh carpet baggers. That had started these militia were then using these militia to not only intimidate southern whites, uh, but also to intimidate their political opponents is what they're saying there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the militias, however, may have done more to alienate southern whites from the carpetbagger regimes than uh, did the Union Leagues per se. But the thing is, is the militias were an extension of the Union Leagues. Right. That's the thing. Right. Because we'll go over here. Let me get this other one pulled up. And it'll tell us right here. Let me find it. Boom. Let me get this link here. Because there's some super interesting shit in this one right here. Uh,
4: Similarly, now, if you're a Democrat and you don't support BLM, you don't get elected.
3: And you may get killed. <laughs> yeah. And may get beat yeah. to death. Same way. Yeah, same thing. Uh... Let me get to the thing right
4: here. And I mean, we're moving towards that. It's, it's the same in the Republican Party. You know, if you're if you're if you're racist or if you say white collectivity, right? Even if you don't support BLM, you're out. You know, and 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 if now if, if you're America First, if you're a Christian nationalist and you don't support, you know, blacks advocating for our positions, you're out. Right. So very similar tactic right across the board.
3: All right, one second. Let me take a drink real quick.
4: It's fascinating. It's it's incredible. It's like nothing new under the sun, right? They're not doing anything different. Uh, Just just evolving the tactics, Uh, you know, Jewish archaeofuturism, if you will.
3: Yeah, sorry, brother. I had to take a drink there, man. My fucking mouth is dry as shit. So, okay.
4: doing a lot of reading, man.
3: Okay, I think this is a good spot to start. Uh, I thought this was also a really good uh, quote right here. This is a quote from uh, James A. Lowry, chairman. uh, Oh, wait, no, that's a different one. Doesn't say who this is from. But anyway, it says, When freedom came to the slave in 1865, power was thrust into hands not ready to wield it. Authority, backed by federal bayonets, was given to people who had never issued an order in their lives. Of course. Talking right... Saying right there that they went and freed these Negroes and then put them into uh, positions of power at the end of a bayonet, and they didn't even know what they were doing. They'd never given an order in their fucking lives. Uh... But totally
4: undisciplined, low agency, low IQ, uh, easily manipulated, easily controlled, violent. You know,
3: so it says here, uh, the Union League, which came with the carpetbaggers in the wake of the federal army, began organizing Negroes for political purposes. Any Negro who refused to join was called a conservative and severe punishment was dealt down on him by his own race. Naturally, the Union League operated in the interest of the Republican Party. Their primary aim was to put that party in power and keep it there uh, by votes from freed slaves. Nightly, the sky glowed with the light of burning barns. The normal sounds of night were mixed with abnormal noises, the scrape and thud of the feet of stolen cattle and horses being led away, talking about these niggers going and burning down their farms, stealing their livestock, taking away their livelihood. It reminds uh, me
4: of, of post-war Germany and how badly the Germans were were, were uh, treated after they lost the war. You know, the Southerners went through the same thing. Isn't that amazing?
3: So it says here, uh, let it be said now that the troublemakers were... Uh, Minorities acting on the orders of the Union League and the protection of agents of the Freedmen's Bureau. Appeals for redress or grievance did no good. In fact, matters reached the point to where if a white man complained, he could almost certainly expect his barn to be burned or his livestock to be stolen or killed within a few days.
4: My goodness.
3: The black hoodlum element grew more reckless as the courts refused to convict them. Does that sound fucking familiar, guys? The nigger criminal element grows more vicious as courts refuse to convict them. It's in the fucking 1800s, man.
4: Wild, wild shit, buddy.
3: Then out of the night... Here's another one from... uh, (laughs) This is called The Negro in Harnett County by Malcolm Fowler. This is a quote from this book. Then out of the night came the thundering hoofbeats of horses ridden by the hooded and white sheet riders the Ku klux clan ride redeem and restore was the, uh ordered was the directive which they operated the clan and similar orders by their nature operated beyond the law but they visited swift and severe punishment on the union leaguers by the end of 1870 amen hail the fucking uh clan uh so let's see We already went through all this stuff here. We already went through all this stuff here. Okay, so here we go. In North Carolina alone, the Union League of Ex-Slaves had 80,000 members. Led by Governor Holden in 1867, many organized into armed military companies, drilling day and night as white people lived in constant fear. The black militia was the intro. Uh, this black militia was at was also at an interracial war with black Democrats. with these were these were Copperheads, right? So so don't let it fool you. Uh, these were Northern Democrats that were like anti-war and shit. These were Copperhead Democrats. These weren't like Southern white Democrats that they're talking about here. The the ones that these uh, Union League Negroes are at war with, they're they're at war with Copperhead Democrats, which were Northern anti-war uh democrats right so just to be clear what's going on here um one second uh 18 uh and a sign at an 1878 polling booth read death to colored democrats this was no idle threat the documentary history of north carolina states that colored people of north carolina has since the passage of the reconstruction measures of consciousness been taught to believe by the leading members of the leagues that white men of the country are their enemies and that their only friends are the northern men and that it is the desire and deliberate purpose of the southern white man to restore slavery at the earliest possible moment. Governor William H. Holden was the first president of the Union League Grand Council in North Carolina and James H. Harris was the first black vice president. Harris was a Holden protege. Imagine that. In the wake of county politics, he exercised considerable influence in the House of Representatives and the Republican Party. (laughs) Harris was also an astute politician, I doubt it, who would announce his candidacy for state office desired by a white northerner so as to be bought off for several thousand dollars in order to deliver the black vote. Harris was a founder of the Union League in Wilmington and served as the Grand Marshal of the National Council in 1867 and in 1868, was the Vice President of the League in North Carolina, with Governor Holden as President. Along with Harris was John L. Hayes and David Heaton. Black Wilmingtonians, who served as members of the Executive Committee, uh, George Z. France, and carpet-bagging politicians in New, in New Hanover County, also served as presidents of the local Union League. As a result of the French's support of the carpet baggy rule in Wilmington and corruption of North Carolina's legislature. He was summarily run out of this city under threat of hanging in November, 1898. Listen to this shit. So they're talking about this, uh, holding guy here, right? Wow. Listen to this. Uh, let me get back to this as a result of the French's support of corporate bagging rule in Wilmington and corruption in North Carolina's legislature legislature. He was summarily run out of his city under threat of hanging in November, 1898. Only his Masonic membership saved his life. (laughs) (laughs) fuck. (laughs) Fuck me, man. Only his Masonic membership saved his life. Holy shit. Uh, so here we go. Uh, so then
4: you're, you're seeing, you're seeing the, the beginning of the incentivization for whites to, to not collectivize in their own interest like they would with the Ku Klux Klan, but to go towards Freemasonry, which ultimately is at the behest of Jews.
3: Yep. That's a good, yeah, that's a good point. So the existence of the Union League in Wilmington is revealed by Northern General Weitzel. Being visited on a blockade ship in late 1864 by the president of the clandestine Loyal Union, right? Remember, the Loyal Union was the twin, com- uh, twin organization that we talked about earlier uh, in Wilmington, who had been secretly brought on board. This unidentified person, and it says here, see Confederate Goliath. I don't know what that means. Uh, provided the invading forces with information regarding Southern troop positions and strength. So these are uh, southern traders uh, giving away information to the north. Disgusting. Uh, in July of eighteen sixty-five, the then the, the, oh excuse me, in July of eighteen sixty-five, the by then strong Union League in Wilmington was petitioning the city government to appoint black policemen and inspectors. Uh, black policemen and inspectors within a week of the second restoration of the conservative government in wilmington an advertisement in the herald that informed the brothers of the union league would be meeting in a sheltered area due to incumbent weather or i'm sorry inclement weather i skipped a part of that hold on but within a week of the second restoration oh they were petitioning them to okay yeah Uh, The Union League in Wilmington was positioning the city government to appoint black policemen and inspectors within a week of the second restoration of the conservative government in Wilmington. Uh, An advertisement in the Herald informed that the brothers of the Union League would be meeting at the sheltered area due to inclement weather. Remember that the entire municipal government in Wilmington resigned on August 2nd, 1865, after mobs of black troops and civilians attacked local police. So they literally went in and took these positions by force. They went in and and rioted and took these political positions and these positions on the police force and positions as inspectors by force. The Union League went in there and fucking took these positions by force. Uh, During his one-year tenure as president, Holden maintained tight control of local councils, probably in order in no other state... Probably in no other state where... Were there Republicans as successful in providing central direction for the Union League as in North Carolina in the 1867 election campaign? Holden conducted a restoration of voter, registration, excuse me, of voters under military supervision to help ensure the outcome. So he was literally fucking bringing these Negroes in and making sure that it's it's almost like the the modern equivalent of like fucking uh busing in voters. Right? he's bringing, He's got all these Negroes lined up to register to vote, and he's protecting them with the military right, to make sure nobody comes in and, 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 and fucks up and, and scares them away from voting. Him. So they're literally being protected by the military as they're being signed up to take over this fucking, these, this town of Wilmington. Uh, and from rally, he cajoled local Republican leaders to work diligently... To perfect the organizations of the Union League and the regular county units of the party. After his victory in that election, Holden exalted the large Republican majorities cast by freedmen in the east in the eastern North Carolina, where the Union Leagues was strongest. The Wilmington population at that time had swollen to nearly sixty percent black. In September 1868, Holden appealed to the federal military in North Carolina to station troops at election polls to inspire salutary terror among the disaffected to which the General Meade declined. So he was trying to get to which General Meade declined. He was trying to get the fucking military out there to intimidate white people away from voting. But the military turned him down. They were like, no. So Holden was then forced to rely upon the resources of his administration, which were the militia and the Union League. Holden's twin allies of terror. Regarding the federal troops still in North Carolina in 1868. So what they're saying there is since the military said no, he just sicked the fucking Union League and... uh, his militias Right These these disparate militias That they'd been starting up With the carpetbaggers And the rem- and these other Union League members So he just sicked the militias And the Union League On the white voters Since the actual Federal military Wouldn't do it uh, So Regarding the federal troops Still in North Carolina In 1868 The Rally Sentinel Reported that On August 29th 10 companies Of Negro federal troops Were concentrated In Goldsboro and a reign of terror follows, in which depredations of all sorts were committed, and the conduct of the troops was so violent that it was unsafe for women to leave their homes. Fuck. The Union League. Uh, one
4: second. Like Eisenhower sticking the niggers on the fucking Italians exactly, and, and, dude. and the Germans. Cheese, bro. A
3: Union League circular. In the October 1868 New Bern, New Bern Sentinel urged tri-weekly meetings with as much excitement of the freedmen as possible. They were to be drilled constantly and told that if the Democrats won, they would all be sold back into slavery. Farms and mules should be promised to all who voted for Grant. We talked about this earlier. Uh, we talked about Gotta this. Gotta get earlier. them Gibbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, all methods were to be employed to poison the minds against, to poison the black mind against the native white people. And if riots follows, if, if riots did follow, no harm would be done to the blacks who started them. If need, if needed to arouse them, some cabins should be burned and the misdeed attributed to the conservatives. Just burn their houses down. Say someone else did it. in
4: North Korea so Carolina- like, sorry, like lately, Excuse me. Lately, like the big argument from niggers is that they've always been oppressed. Even after slavery, they were oppressed. White supremacy held them down. They had no opportunities, no jobs, no place in government, no you know what I mean? And and here is the evidence that immediately once slavery was turned over, they were elevated into positions that they did not deserve. Right? So this this actually destroys that whole like Like the
3: barrel of a gun.
4: Right. You know, like forced, you know, and, and, then, and then again, you did, did the same thing in school. So these the, the, these people were given autonomy, given sovereignty, given freedom of association, given power, right? Give a uh, uh, right to rule over whites. And they're saying that still now, you know, and and, 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 what, and, and most normie whites will cuck to this at, at the drop. They'll, they'll bend their fucking knee to BLM thinking that it's true that they were, that these niggers were never oppressed and that they deserve to, 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 to to elevate themselves. Now it, it, it's this is fucking insane. And it's, it's a crazy argument to make given this context. Right? And I wish everybody knew about this, bro.
3: It's, and it's so crazy to hear the way it's talked about in other sources, right? Like on Wikipedia, like if you go look up the union guys, somebody in chat, go look up the union league Wikipedia right now and look at that fucking fluff they put in there like oh they were freedom fighters and philanthropists in there all these yeah heroes and doing all this great work they were literally slaughtering white people burning down their fucking farms massacring and stealing their livestock burning down the cities attacking police forces they were fucking terrorists
4: and bro gavin newsom wants to give these niggers reparations now two hundred thousand dollars per black american for their fucking suffering and pain from slavery.
3: No American knows about this. I'm convinced no American knows about this. I don't think we're supposed to know about this. Have you ever heard of this shit in school? Did you ever hear of the Union League in school? Never. In North Carolina, the most common outrage committed by league militia against whites was barn burning. The loss of barn meant the complete ruin and starvation to the farmer, and it occurred in every county. The conclusive evidence shows that burnings were decided upon at large league meetings. In Gaston County in 1869, there were nine barn burnings in one week. In Edgecombe County in two months of 1869, there were two churches, seven cotton gins, a cotton factory, barns, and dwellings burned, all traced back to uh, uh, Union League incendiaries. State Senator John W. Stevens, a henchman of government, or Governor Holden, at a Yanceyville Union League meeting, gave a book of matches to all the freedmen in attendance, with the suggestion that they would be useful in burning the native white houses and barns. Stevens was later executed by the Klan. A hey, fucking man.
0: Oh yeah.
3: Wow. Rightfully fucking so. Uh, and this. Stevens being executed by the Klan. Guess what that led to, guys? anti clan legislation law of 1870,
4: the Chauffeur Bill. Wow.
3: The carpetbagger and the former General uh, Milton Littlefield infamous for his fraudulent railroad schemes and political corruption in North Carolina became president of the New- of the North Carolina Union League in 1868 after Holden and presided over the national meeting in 1870 in New Jersey the council of the union leagues over which Milton presided represented the common field uh, or the common command excuse me represented the command of the field forces and the purposes embodied in acts and acts President Grant had recently signed to compel observance of the 14th and 15th Amendments and to strengthen Reconstruction. Uh, So, in Alamance County, uh, in Alamance County, a mulatto named Wyatt Outlaw (laughs) organized the Radical Republican Loyal League with initiates known as Pioneers the same name given to black railroad workers who served as laborers for federal troops in the war. Like the Union League, members were posted at each of the polls to observe who voted and how. North Carolina carpetbagger Governor W.W. Holden sought out to disband the Loyal League and have its members absorbed by the Union League, over which he had control. Outlaw was instrumental in employing many freedmen, with the Republican-controlled North Carolina Railroad and recruited members from those uh, workers while white Southerners were not hired, just like fucking today with the fucking goddamn diversity initiatives. We're going to hire some retarded nigger with a GED and a community college degree over some fucking good white man who spent his whole life perfecting his fucking, you know, his, his field of study. Yep. All right, and here we go. Here we go with the fun part. The clan emerges, and this is something I'm going to continue. I don't know if we're going to continue it next week or the week after. We're going to pick up on the end of this. We're going to pick up on the first iteration of the clan and talk about the clan and stuff a little bit, too. Uh So, conservatives insisted that the Union League cons- uh, created a situation which called for the establishment of the Ku Klux Klan. And there can be no doubt that the league was guilty of grave excesses and murders of white people were attributed to the league barns were burned uh and barns were burned uh dr hamilton in his reconstruction of the fact okay the fact that the leagues usually met in schoolhouse oh yes this is yes 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 this is something i wanted to talk about right here so let me let me start this whole thing over uh Conservatives insisted that union the Union League created the situation which called for the establishment of the Ku Klux Klan, and there can be no doubt that the league was guilty of grave excesses and the murder of white people's and the murders of white people were attributed to the league. Barns were burned, but <clears throat> says Dr. Hamilton in his Reconstruction in North Carolina. Uh, so this is a book he wrote. Here it is: the fact that the Union League usually met. In a schoolhouse or a church explains the burning of so many schools and churches by white people in the South. So there you fucking have it. They want to tell you that these evil fucking white people just didn't want niggers to learn or worship Jesus. So they burned down their schoolhouses and they burned down their churches because they're just evil, bloodthirsty whites. But the truth of the matter is anti-white, violent Negro militias use these places as their headquarters. That's why they were being burned down. Uh That's why they were fucking being burned down. Sound familiar? Just like we're told, oh, the Nazis want you, they don't want, they want to assassinate intellectuals and burn the books so you can't be smart. Really, they were burning tranny (laughs) shit and faggot shit. They were burning shit that was supposed to be burned. Same thing here. Oh, these evil white people didn't want nigger, they didn't want a nigga to learn. They didn't want a nigga reading the book. No, your fucking violent Negro militias were meeting in those places. And that's why they were burned down. Uh, Hamilton goes on to say that at first some attempt was made by white conservatives to check the growth and activity of the Union League organizations by refusal to employ any of it, but refusal to employ its members. But it soon became evident that this meant refusal to employ any colored people at all, which meaning all niggers were members of the Union League. Did you catch that? Yep. They, they they said they weren't going to hire. They were trying to to put the to try to chill these people out and kind of put the put a wet blanket on them, right? To try to to disband them a little bit. You guys know what I'm trying to say. I said, oh, we're not going to hire any of these people, right? Maybe that'll chill them out a little bit. He's yeah. like, oh, well, if we don't hire any Union League members, we can't hire any niggers because every nigger's is a member of the Union League. So literally, every nigger in the South was a member of a violent black militia.
0: Wait a minute, Johnny. It, it sounds to me like you're trying to tell me that the history they told us in public school just isn't quite accurate.
3: I, mean, I can't it- believe it. I mean, I'm not going to lie, Night Nation. I was even shocked, right? Like I've always, you know, like you guys have heard me go on the rant about slavery being a parental institution and we were treating them niggers better than they ever would have been treated, blah, 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 all that stuff. But I was actually kind of taken aback by this story of this group. I had never heard of anything like this. And it may, because, you know, we're told the Klan was just these evil white people that rose up because they just couldn't handle the fact that they couldn't have nigger slaves no more, Right? They just wanted to run around and lynch niggers because they couldn't put them in the cotton field no more. Well, no, actually, they were just a fucking group of guys protecting their families.
4: This is absolutely crazy. This is a a real revelation um, almost to the scale of, like, Europa, you know, the documentary, right? Like, once you understand the history of what happened in World War II, it's really tough to, like, not recognize why we're in the situation we're in but if you add this into the mix it's like extru this is extremely powerful i, I hope people aren't underestimating the-, the 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 level of this revelation i'm i'm ab- i'm absolutely taken aback i'm blown away
3: i couldn't fucking believe it bro when i found out about this uh okay oh, We're nice. we- where are we at where are we at uh Okay, uh, but soon it became evident that this meant refusal to employ any people of color at all. And the time came when employing class became supplicants. So sharply was the need for laborers felt. I don't, I'm too dumb to know what that meant. Maybe someone smarter than me can decipher that. Uh, All right, and then we're almost done here, uh, Night Nation. I know you're re- ready to go. We're almost done here, though. Got about five more minutes. As stated in the documentary of, histo- of the history of uh, Reconstruction, if there had been no Union League or Loyal League in North Carolina, then there would have been no Ku Klux Klan. The freedmen adhered to the party of Lincoln so empathetically that Planters' attempts to control or work with them only aroused greater opposition. The Democrats effort in courting the black vote accomplished little in areas where the league organized uh, or lead or I'm sorry, league organizing had taken place and faced with this failure of a peaceful coexistence. The planners ran short of alternatives to outright violence. If they wanted to contest Republican, the Republican control of the black vote, physical coercion replaced financial pressure as the chief method of opposing the league and, this ineffectiveness of economic intimidation led directly to the emergence of the clans. So basically what he's saying is it got to a point with these fucking violent Negro militias that violence was the only thing they understood. You couldn't you couldn't pay them. You couldn't you couldn't, you know, negotiate with them. It got to a point where you had to fucking physical coercion, replace financial pressure as the chief method of opposing the league. That's the only way you could deal with these things. Sound familiar? Niggers only understand the whip. It's real. Niggers only understand the fucking whip.
4: It's real. And then you, you can consider the emergence of the Klan um, similar in that way than to, like, the conditions post-war, right? The conditions that were placed on white Southerners uh, seem equivalent to the conditions placed on Germans post-World War One, which served to, to, to fuel the emergence of the NSDAP right as a as a, as a yeah. strategic tactical reaction to the conditions so parallel uh sort of situations here uh, very very crazy and 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 then when you look at the youth the, the young nature of the american nation and then you look at the young nature of germany at the time as well right once whites are starting to develop a cohesive uh national identity right then then you know war and subversion begins to 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 erode that right and so yeah again like so they come at us with violence and then they tell us we're the crazy violent
0: ones.
3: Yep.
4: Amazing. Incredible.
3: And here yep. we go. Here's the final were you gonna say something Night Nation?
0: No, that's it man. They always trigger it, they always instigate it and then the camera turns on when you defend yourself, right?
3: Yep. That's it, right there. Yeah, or, 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 was, or the historian starts writing, right? The historian right, starts yes, writing right. when you defend yourself. These
4: fucking kites. I was talking about the meme of Rohoa, right? How they, how they use that against uh, uh, Nazis, not like us now, Nazis, National Socialists. Now, like we're we're crazy. We want war. We're committed to racial holy war. When in reality, this is a a normal, natural reaction to the fact that these people are violent. That that they oppress us in our own space. And we know that they will leave unless their 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 violence is responded to with 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 our own physical co- coercion. All right? so we accept our fate in, in a in a courageous way. Uh, and we, then they call when, us terrorists and evil
3: when physical coercion replaces financial pressure as a chief method of opposition. Right yes that's it right there general john b gordon of georgia testified to the 1871 joint congressional committee on affairs in the insurrectionary states that the first and main reason for the ku klux klan was the organization of the union league as they called it these men were organizing the colored people general nathan Bedford Forrest likewise testified before the joint committee that the organization of the Klan was intended entirely as a protection of the southern white people to enforce the laws and protect them from outrages. Even the northern press saw the Ku Klux Klan resistance clearly in 1870 as the Nation magazine commented on the Klan outrages in South Carolina. This is all horrible. But we have no hesitation in saying that this is not the unnatural consequence of the character on government, which has kept up that state for the last four years. So basically saying like, yeah, hey, man, this is what happens. Right. Even the North was saying that, like, yeah, this is what happens when you keep fucking abusing people. Regarding the effect of the league, General John B. Gordon further stated that the burning of Atlanta And all the devastation through Georgia never created a tithe of the animosity that has been created by the Union League and its horrid treatment of the southern white man. And there it is, man. That's the Union League. The radical black fucking terrorist group led by carpet-bagging Jews that terrorized the South after the Civil War.
4: Dude. Holy shit.
3: That's
0: surprising.
4: Yeah, that that, that truly is one of the biggest revel. That's the biggest revelation I've easily ever heard on this show since I've been doing it.
3: That's one. of the Um, Yeah, that's the craziest thing I've ever found on here, man. Uh, I just couldn't fucking believe it, dude. I could not fucking believe that that's not talked about at all. I mean, you know, of course I can't believe, but it's just wild that that's not talked about at all. Like, not even in passing, right? Not even like, oh, yeah, the, dude, it's so fucked up. Check this out. The Union League is so fucked up, and they know it's so fucked up. They don't even talk about the positive aspects of it in school, right? Mm. Or, or the so-called positive, right? The so-called positive. They don't talk about the philanthropy or all these different fucking things they've started up or these art fucking galleries. They don't talk about none of that shit. Because they know you dig too far into this shit and you're going to find out the truth. Real quick, uh, I want to say thank you to Wallums uh, real fast. And then I want to read the uh, Wikipedia about these fucking demons and, and just, and you know, juxtapose that. So uh, Wallums, thank you very much. He says, this shit is absolutely sick. Can you please post your sources at the end of the stream? Yes, I absolutely will. So that I can share this around. This is almost unbelievable. But it almost lines up exactly with the shit we we're seeing today. I have never heard of this. Absolutely. I'll post them. As a matter of fact, I'll post them before we even play the outro. I'll make sure and post all my yeah, sources. Share
4: it. Uh, sorry. Share the stream to normies. Share it. Share our, our, our show tonight to the I'm, normies that you know.
3: I'm also going to clip this section out. Uh, just like I did with the Robert J. Matthews. So with this, just this uh, Union League section will be shareable without all the other shit from the first, so
4: yeah. Once you guys find the link out there, share, 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 share. This has has to come out. This is, for me, since I've been a white nationalist and since I became aware, more aware of the details uh, surrounding World War II and post-World War II, for me, hearing this as I'm sitting here is the biggest red pill the biggest revelation I've ever heard since I became a national socialist, like officially, I'm I'm absolutely blown away.
3: It's just it's so bias confirming, you know what I mean. Uh, Wallace, yeah. thank you very much again, brother. He says they they act like a barn or a schoolyard is no big deal, but that shit was fucking life ending for white family. Exactly, a hundred percent, man. On the frontiers mm-hmm. during this time in our nation's history. Losing their horses and cattle or lumber, etc., could make uh survival through the winter impossible and losing that herd. Yeah, imagine that, man. Imagine and, and not to be like brutal or gruesome or crass, but imagine that, man. Imagine you you're you're a fucking Confederate soldier who just got fucking fucked over, right, by his own countrymen, and now you go back to your farm just to have the Union soldiers who are supposed to be your countrymen now, right? That was a part of it, right? That was a part of it. We were supposed to like kind of forgive and forget and go back to being countrymen, right? But these fucking Union soldiers with their band of frothing-at-the-mouth niggers come and steal all your livestock and burn your barn, and now you and your family starve to death over the winter.
4: And, and I mean, we read Mrs. Denton's article that led to the Wilmington uh, revolt, and so if you think that they weren't raping women at the same time they were doing this, Right? I mean, you can only assume.
3: 100%. Uh, Wallums, thank you very much again. He says, losing the herd was the equivalent to losing your entire business nowadays. What these niggers were doing to the whites in these regions is awful, and they deserve death for what they were doing. 100%. 100%, Wallums. Absolutely, brother. And thank you very much for those. So, uh, real quick, I want to grab this. I think, did I grab just the regular? Yes, I did. I'm gonna pull this up so we can read what, what Wikipedia has to say about this fine this fine philanthropist group, right? Uh, let's get this pulled up here. The Union League was a private social club in New York that was founded in 1863. That's not true. It was founded in 1862. They fucking st- the fucking first sentence is a goddamn lie. Uh, Its fourth and current clubhouse is located at 38 East 37th Street on the corner of Park Avenue in the Murray Hill neighborhood of Manhattan. It was designed by Benjamin Wister Morris and opened on February 2nd, 1931. The building was blah, 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 blah. goes on this. And you go to the history. uh, The club's uh, founding dates to February 6th, 1863. During the American Civil War, tensions were running high in New York City at the time because much of the city's government class, uh, large immigrant Irish population, Bitterly opposed the war and were eager to reach some kind of accommodation with the Confederate States of America. Pro-Union men chose to form their own club uh, with twin goals of cultivating a profound national devotion and to strengthen a love and respect for the Union. A foundational article of the club was a duty to resist and expose corruption as well as elevate the idea of American citizenship in the country. Listen to that shit!
4: They blamed it on the Irish, too.
3: (laughs) Listen to that, dude. This is what they say about this fucking radical nigger terrorist organization. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here, dude. Fuck this country, man.
0: They're about as honest about everything else, too. Fucking Wikipedia.
3: During Reconstruction, a major era of civil rights changes. Union leagues were formed all across the South. They mobilized freed men to register to vote. Discussed political issues, promoted civic projects, and mobilized workers to oppose segregation of white emplo- with white employers. Uh, most branches, uh, oh, what, where was it? Most branches were most branches were segregated, were segregated, but there were a few that were racially integrated. The leaders of the all-black units were mostly urban blacks from the north who had never been slaves, but virtually every black in the south had enrolled. Black leagues, black members of the leagues, eventually became special targets of the Ku Klux Klan's violence and intimidation. So the leagues organized informal armed defense units. <laughs> you hear this shit? Fuck! Get the fuck out of here, man. So yeah, there you go. Just this poor philanthropist group that was attacked by the Klan. Yeah.
4: Yeah, just a bunch of Irish guys working with with niggers to to make life better for uh, for Southerners.
3: The club. Listen to this. The club has always promoted clean government and public spiritedness. Man, many of its earliest members are notable cartoonists. And it's, get the fuck out of here, man. It's
4: so propagandists, notable propagandists. Right, fuck me, man. And 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 Manhattan. Like, if you think like they're blaming it on the Irish, but like clearly, like like in the other articles, they're talking about carpetbaggers leading this. These are these are Jews. Right, hey, so ho.
3: Thank you very fucking much, Wallem. Sorry, brother. I did not mean to cut you off. Not at uh, all, baby. Wollum says, Merry Christmas, boys. Share this with Keila so he can fix his fucking PC. <laughs> 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 Alright, we'll get it figured out, brother. Thank you very much, Wallems. I appreciate it, Bob. Uh and real quick before I forget, while I'm looking at Wallem's comment, I want to grab these links. Let me grab these links. Uh so here is this one this uh one guys this one that I'm going to be sharing that says wilmington race riots eighteen ninety eight I highly highly suggest everybody read that whole fucking thing read every tab on that entire uh deal It's extremely fucking interesting uh the Wilmington rebellion is, and here is the other one.
4: I, I'll, I'll say i'll say it in this way like it's 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 in the interest it's in our racial interest to start with this stream and the section that john's going to cut out and share it far and wide and share these links everywhere you can the guys with the big platforms need to hear about this do their own shows on it it has to get public this is insane this is like i i i want to make sure that that i've said it while we're on stream that that um the scale of this is absolutely mind-blowing. It's to the scale of, uh, of post-war Germany and, and, and the, the, the controversies around World War II. It's the same. I, I, I just can't emphasize it enough. So if the, the more we can spread it, the more we can get it out. There's lots of people in the chat that have heard it, everything like that. Guys, mobilize around this. This is, this is absolutely crucial, and the rhetoric that it provides is, uh, is incredibly powerful definitely push
3: this hey and guys also man if you guys find anything new on this please let me know and we'll talk yeah. about it more anything new we find about this little era right here and what's going on here is is going to be very valuable information man so yeah please Oh, uh, brother night nation i know you got to get down the road and get your shit started anything That's you want to yeah, say the way out
0: of here? <laughs> oh no yeah just come watch i'm gonna be on in a minute
3: yeah go watch brother there nick Nat go. over there man <laughs> <laughs> later boys later brother merry later, christmas bro.
4: Merry Christmas, brother.
3: All right, uh, brother Kayla, what do you want to say on the way out of here?
4: I'm easy, man. I'm 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 floored. Um, Typical stuff, you guys. I shill. I shill for 3.0. I'll continue to do that. So uh, lift your weights, read your books, uh, say your prayers, and uh, get out there and share this as your activism. Uh, I just I can't say enough uh, about this revelation. It's it's mind blowing. So amazing, fine John. Amazing work bro uh great great presentation tonight and thank you again for the opportunity it's uh it's an absolute blessing to be a part of it
3: no thank you very much for the for saying that bro i'm glad you thought it was as important as i did uh because i was like fucking freaking out when i heard about this shit i was like what i don't know how fuck? you
4: sat on it man yeah. you, 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 you just sat right on it. he did tell me i like that it's yeah. pretty good
3: So fucking, yeah, man, I appreciate that. Guys, I hope y'all enjoyed the show tonight. I'm going to upload just the uh, stream tonight, and then tomorrow uh, when I'm doing my Americana shit, I will cut the uh, Union League bit out and upload it as its own uh, standalone content. Right, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I'll release that bit, right, and then I'll put it back out as well. So, yeah, thank you all very, very much for being here. Um, let's see, somebody okay, yo. Wallum says, Hey, Akila, I hit you up on Telegram. Uh, then no, I think he deleted it. Check your Telegram DMs,
4: yes, brother. Yeah, I got you, Wallums. We're gonna take care of your business, brother.
3: Oh, here he is. He's sent it in again okay wallum says hey akila hit you up on telegram i just want to make sure that i contacted the right account
4: yes you definitely did, my bro okay awesome i got you
3: hey schmeiser thank you very much he says thanks fash can't wait to school a boomer yes please school (laughs) your boomers with this 100 percent, man and and thank you all very very much to everybody who donated schmeiser wallums uh they call me per mad world piper carbon fiber night nation splash falcon alex thank you all very very much man you guys have no idea how much that's helping out right here around christmas man i greatly greatly appreciate it man and thank you all very much for being here man i hope y'all enjoyed this man uh i sure as fuck thought it was important to talk about man so hopefully we can find out more like i said there's the links that's where i got all the information at. was right there Uh, really important to check out that 1898 wilmington link Really important shit, and all of those uh, drop-downs there, so go check all that out. Guys, and as always, thank you all very, very much for being here. Have a great week uh, leading up to the holiday with your families. Uh, Love them. Be kind to them. Be with the ones you love the most. And as always, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. One people, one struggle. God bless y'all family.
1: Fuck
2: you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool.
1: Fuck
2: you, I'm out. They'll look high and they'll look low. They'll look everywhere we go. But when the sinners find us, we... Keep your rifle by your side Sing in Oh Lord This earth was made for us in Oh Lord This sinful life just ain't enough So we'll take a stand Cause we must protect our land Keep your
3: rifle by your
2: side They'll come day and they'll come night They'll have our children in but if they don't have faith, their eyes are blind. They can scream and they can shout, but they can never smoke us out. Keep your eyes.